0: All right, everybody, welcome back to We Want More, the Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality Analysis podcast. I am Steven Zuber, your host, and with me, as always, is my co host,
1: Brian Deacon. This is our social distancing coronavirus episode.
0: That's right, because everyone's doing one of those. It's the hot new thing. <laughs> Just kidding. I am glad people are doing that, but oh my God, I am uh, not, I, I am a bit burnt out on those.
1: I was t- today. I was like, okay, I have to. I'm just going to go out and buy lunch somewhere just so I get out of the house because I realized I, I have literally not set foot outside in now we're coming up on 72 hours. Jeez. And then I got stuck in a meeting. I couldn't get out. So, oh man, yeah.
0: Yeah, Rachel and I ordered takeout on Saturday night. We got pickup sushi from somewhere. That's our first time that we've gotten anything that we didn't make at home since the f- first week of March. And, uh, honestly, I was nervous the whole time, you know, whatever, all that stuff, but it was nice. I had sushi, so I don't regret it so far. No regrets. Yeah. It's only Tuesday, so I could still be incubating. If I don't make it to the next episode, it was because of the sushi. Um, anyway. And this is my dumb
1: joke. Can, can wizards get coronavirus or does their whole, like, you know, they've got, they can take a hit when they fall down. Does it like extrapolate out to resistance to disease?
0: I wonder if their physical resistance makes them resistant to, to diseases. See. I don't think we've seen one with a cold the whole time so what far. Is, would a
1: slithering catch snake flu! <laughs>
2: would
1: Ma- <laughs> would Mary's room all, be shut all, down? All that talking to snakes. All that talking to snakes. Coral would be really worried that maybe it's sexually transmitted.
0: Obviously, and that's a valid concern.
1: Yes. So <laughs> would Harry? I'm I'm not letting go. The more, the more the whole coral Harry thing irritate certain listeners the funnier it is to me
0: it just started getting really funny for me i think some, some <laughs> someone mentioned uh well it got funny like a month ago but someone's like yeah they should make it like explicit that they're kidding and i'm like i'm pretty sure that we have and then they had said okay well now what you got to do is like lean all the way into it and exactly. pretend like you're super endorsing it and I, I i don't have that in me um i have had a lot it's of good even
1: more fun if somebody doesn't think we're kidding
0: that's true so. it yeah, the, the horror, but no, uh, I did have some good interactions with people on the Discord. Like there was some things I was trying to remember from the last one, um, like during our conversation, and that reminded me just kind of like the whole uh, benefit of doing this publicly rather than you and I just, you know, not recording this, I guess, and just talking about the book. A, it makes us do it. Um, I think if we were just committing to talk, you know, have a two-person book club by ourselves it would be a lot less engaging.
1: <laughs> For but, like but, two hours to talk about 30 pages. Totally.
0: But then the 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 like the interaction with the, just the community was actually really fun, and I uh, maybe it just been a nice couple of days for me, uh, I don't know, brain-wise. But let me give credit to where it was due. Who pulled this out about... Um, well, I'm not finding it right away, so I suck. I think I dropped the ball. Nope, found it. It was, as we could have guessed, Cron Oblivion. Because we were trying to guess in the last episode about whether or not it was a Dumbledore thing or whether or not it was just a Patronus thing about being able to send messages. And... Quirrell says, maybe the headmaster will teach you his, his trick. So he seems to believe that it was a Dumbledore thing.
1: Hmm. Except wasn't there the whole like, shockable just shows up and be like, Hey, everybody run. Like, isn't that a,
0: but he was in the order of the Phoenix. Phoenix. It was a, he was was like anybody
1: with anybody that can do a Patronus can use it to send messages. No.
0: Yeah, but I think Dumbledore... At least, well, I'm not sure about canon, but in this for it oh. it's certainly... And, I mean, we see Flitwick and McGonagall do it in this book already, too. I think it's just uh, Dumbledore taught them how to do it.
2: Mm.
0: Or at least Quirrell seems to think so. But anyway, it's a lot of fun. Everyone should get on and talk with people on there. Which reminds me, you can do that on the uh, Doof Discord. We are we are a Doof podcast, as Matt referred to us, the Harry Potter one. Um, <laughs> the
1: Harry Potter one.
0: It was, it was endearing, don't worry. They're the worm one, so... <laughs> And and the Stephen King one. And the Stephen King one and the yeah. and, and and the uh the T V and anime and, and movie review one. And the and the uh the O C one, I guess it's just Scott.
1: I think maybe they're just like, oh wait, I'm talking. Are we recording this? We should record this and then publish it as a podcast.
0: Right, yeah, they that's just that's actually the secret behind the Roll Enterprise.
1: There's the grocery shopping podcast.
0: <laughs> so, since this isn't a grocery shopping podcast, <laughs> I'm ready not to yet. dive right in. Not yet. We'll see how far oh, we get. Um, although, if you are shopping for groceries, one might worry that your food is sentient. Sentient. God, that was not a
1: good segue, but that it's was the best right. I could pull was, out. I was hokey so. shit. I, my, I had... The, yes, this is the Harry Becomes a Vegetarian chapter, um, which then reminded me of a Jimmy Carr quote. He says, uh, <laughs> it, it turns out it's possible to be a vegan and shut the fuck up about it. Um so jimmy yeah.
0: jimmy carr is like ha
1: ha i can't do his laugh.
0: he laughs on the inhale oh uh, that's
1: right that's what he said ha, ha. oh that's yeah
0: I, I i've tried imitating it i can't do it either do it. um he's got a, falsetto. A, a uh i never like to make fun of anyone's laugh because it's involuntary but he's got a very unique and mm. like uh distinct laugh is what i was trying to say um comedy central has been putting out a bunch of their like roasts, mm-hmm. uh instead of just clips they've been putting out the full specials on youtube i think in the last couple weeks couple months because or month or so because they've been uh generous because everyone's bored at home and we watched the one of rob Lowe. i think that was the one that had uh ann coulter there and Mm -hmm. so was jimmy carr and i cannot repeat his joke
1: he's awesome because he's like so politely vulgar
0: uh this was not politely vulgar (laughs) um Everyone was just ripping into uh, to Ann Coulter for being there. and frankly, I have no idea why she was there. Her jokes sucked when she finally went up. She put her this was like during the 2016 campaign. She put her book up on the pedestal that was like how Trump will make America great or something. Mm-hmm. And like I think I don't know what they're like they've got to know their audience and it, whatever. Comedy Central aside. Jimmy Carr is funny and he does it in a very vulgar way. So if you don't like vulgar comedy, you won't like him, but if you do, he's hilarious and you should check out some of his specials.
1: If you don't like vulgar comedy, you can go fuck yourself.
0: So that said, Harry does manage to shut the fuck up about it. um, So it starts out, so
1: Harry's all worried, like uh, now having discovered that apparently snakes talk uh, and then trying to figure out what the hell that means he suddenly freaked out that okay snakes are sentient and therefore it would be immoral to eat that one so i guess because he's not so much worried about eating a snake but if snakes are sentient then maybe anything is any kind of animal is sentient and so i think what is he just basically decided like he's not going to eat any meat until he gets like a handle on what all this means
0: yeah so i think he's deliberating on it while he figures out what's going on and i was talking with inosh about this a week or two ago because it's kind of funny to me that like I think his reaction is kind of proportional to what he's learned. Um, he's not going to eat meat for the day while he goes to the library and does two hours of homework. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I think I think that makes sense. It, it's like I think we'll we'll talk about your reaction here in a second because <laughs> I think it was really close to Inyash's, Um But like I think his 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 freak out about it. A, it's really funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it it's a. Especially all, the very... weird,
1: all the weird permutations he goes through like are there poultry mouths
0: oh yeah like what if someone invented a spell to talk to cows <laughs> um, and he's like after all snakes couldn't really be human level intelligent someone would have noticed by now <laughs> like, he's just he's sitting there i just imagine him at the breakfast table like nothing on his plate just staring at stuff and be like no 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 that has to be good wait shit what what if someone invented a, spe- a spell to talk to celery like oh shit what do i do and it's it's all very funny um I, I think his concern is like, okay, well, shit, if this is real, then this is actually a really legitimate immor- moral emergency, and I should be informed about this so that when I invent the, you know, whatever, all the, the spell to control everything, I can save all those poor suffering blades of grass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like this nice combination of like, to me, just kind of levity with a... Uh, I don't know, light treating of a kind of, s- like, um, I'm stumbling over this. It's not a serious concern. and But, like, if it were, it would be super serious. Am I it making what, any sense?
1: Yeah. Except, I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I think maybe I don't entirely agree. I mean, yeah, some of this stuff was, uh, it was funny. Um, but I think then it also, like, changed into, I, I think it's sort of like my theme for these for this week is, oh, Harry goes back to being a dickhead. Um And that this sort of, like, turned, like, so this beginning part was funny, but then it turns, like, his, where he goes in a little bit with talking to Hermione about it, he gets back into his just, like, weird, like, trapped in his head, like, lost sense of, you know, where like, she's right, like, his priorities are all fucked up because he's worried about this, like, weird abstraction about grass, um, and he does, and, and that gets pointed out, like, oh, then he figures out, like, wait a minute, I should be paying attention to Hermione, um, and that, like, when this first came up, like my the thing that first occurred to me was, um, like the like it was this on off, that um, like oh okay they are smart therefore it's wrong, um, and that that apparently just like didn't didn't apply like apparently no like vegan vegetarian kind of uh, thought about that were like okay it's totally fine to eat animals because they're dumb but now if they're stupid or now if they're smart then it's not. And then it was like kind of an all or nothing, like either they are sentient and so their lives matter or they are not. And they don't. Um, and then because, I agree. He, yeah. does, he does not have a nuanced
0: take of like yeah. utilitarian ethics when it relates to food.
1: And I thought, yeah. And, and then because he sort of like, he like devolves back into being like um, intellectual snob in these few chapters, which seems like, like this, this part of the developing plot. Cause he also gets a little more dark. Um, but that it seemed like it tied into that. Like that's what it made me think of was like with the way a little later in this chapter where he's a dick to Ron, um, that it's the same thing. It's like, Oh, is is maybe, maybe Ron's okay to eat because he's not that smart either. (laughs) Um, as it's, I don't know. It just seemed like it almost tied into that because like, because it was like, Oh, if they're smart, then suddenly it's a moral issue because they're smart, which I mean, does make sense, but like the automatic, uh, the immediate and absolute sense of that being true. Like, isn't it, I mean, I'm not a vegetarian at all. Um, but like, it seems if that's a concern, then it's a little bit of a concern that, you know, it's not like the animals are completely devoid of life and can't tell that they're dying. Um, yeah,
0: I that I was sold on vegetarianism for like four years and ethically I, I still am. I'm just lazy and uh, hypocrite. But um, I read when I was like, 18 or 19 the uh essay by peter singer uh called all animals are equal which you can find online it's it's short and to me it was super compelling i'm like shit i'm a vegetarian now like i'm sold um it's it was uh pork chops are good it, it basically Baking makes the point good. that like it, it doesn't matter if they if they feel less if they're if they're if they're dumber it's the fact that they that they feel anything and yeah. yes if, if you're given a choice between eating a uh cow and eating a person you should eat the cow um not just because you could feed more people with it but because it would suffer the loss of its life less we presume than a human with goals mm-hmm. and ambitions and loved ones and all that but the, you know, it, it's just like i anyway i'm sold on all that logic and it's 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 interesting because like <laughs> i guess before we uh get into the the thing with ron i i loved the back and forth he has with himself while he's like yeah. arguing with his like his house components and um he's <laughs> like I I don't wanna just rehash the whole thing, but like basically Slytherin is trying to talk him into like, no no, you you've gotta eat something and uh you know, it's not more that more likely that anyone sneezed self and his, awareness on the yeah, poultry. And he's totally bullshitting
1: was like, Oh and you need to eat because then you'll be able to save people if you like stay well nourished
0: yeah so he's like oh yeah one utilitarian logic coming up and he gives him that that thing he's like yeah if you can save them all and you can do it faster by not worrying about your diet then the (laughs) the most ethical thing you can do right now is sacrifice the lives of sapient beings for your own convenience to feed your dreadful appetites for the sick pleasure of (laughs) ripping them apart with your teeth And then he, he's like, what? Which which side are you on here? And then his, his Slytherin side says, you too will someday embrace the doctrine that the ends justify the, the meats. meats. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay. like Gryffindor and Slytherin, or uh, Hufflepuff, like every time he thinks of food are just like cannibalism.
1: Ah, <laughs> don't eat me. <laughs> was, I think that goes through like the, all three of these chapters, I think. It's weird little like talking to himself. It was probably, I, I liked it too.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things that like, I, I've never, um, like without deliberate effort, which I've actually found it to be a useful exercise for like, all right, Stephen, you're feeling stressed about this thing. Let's actually sit and think about it. And you can mentally picture different versions of yourself or like friends of yours or whatever to argue the different positions and just like hear yourself out. Um, I found mm-hmm. that to be good at resolving, I don't know, individual mental quandaries I'm having sometimes. But at, but he seems to just do it, like, automatically and with more, uh, like, strict bifurcation between who's playing which role. Yeah, uh, and,
1: and better dialogue.
0: Yes, and better dialogue. <laughs> in order to make yeah, myself sound do. perfectly insane, I might as well say that when I do this, like, as a deliberate exercise, the, like, the place from having the meeting is the, uh, like, the conference room in High Hrothgar from Skyrim. Mm,
1: haven't played it. Yeah, jamming.
0: I mean, it's not a very memorable location other than the fact that there's like a big meeting there at some point in the game if you do one quest line one way. But uh, yeah, if anyone was worried about my sanity, we'll put that on the, the crazy list.
1: You should um, have the different parts of you should have different accents. <laughs>
0: I mean, one of them speaks German, which is weird because exactly. I don't even speak German.
1: I say, the cold calculating part of you could speak a German accent. It's
0: yeah. animals. Yeah, one speaks Aramaic, and I I wish he would shut Aramaic. up. All right.
1: So, Nobody speaks Aramaic.
0: Um, I yeah. So then it cuts to him with in Hermione in the library where she's like, "You've got a weird sense of priorities," and he's like, "I've got a great sense of priorities," and he's like, "That's why I need to figure out whether plants can talk before I eat my carrots." <laughs> and I I'm very sympathetic to his reasoning. Like, so he's not like abstaining off of food forever. He's not. Uh, I don't know running to the streets saying quit mowing your lawns he, he goes to the library to figure out if this is a thing which i think that given the revelation that he's had that non-humans can be human level intelligent this is a legitimate concern i think that he he throws it out to was it terry earlier at breakfast and he's like i'm starting to think magic should just be illegal <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i think like so th- this would have been a, a another incident where i would have been like wondering like oh how, what is what is the intent of the author and then people would have given me shit again Um, where I would, cause I, where I wouldn't have been sure. Like this time I'm pretty, I'm pretty solid that like, because this, but like, I thought he was being kind of a dick and then weirdly like kind of emotionally stilted and like not, And the whole thing with like, you know, he's flipping through books worrying about grass while Hermione's all upset. Um, But I think like, that's all like, that is how this is playing out on purpose. Um, And that was sort of my reaction to him reading about it. Uh, was like I give a fuck about the grass, um, and and this was sort of and I don't know how well I ever communicated this, but it was similar to what my reaction about the um, about his to the dementor about the, like just to the concept of death that it was very like he's up in his head and it's this abstract concept and he's so lost in his head that he's not like he doesn't know what's going on in the rest of him. Um, and so, you know, he's sitting there f- freaking out about grass um, and ignoring Hermione. And he's and he's gone kind of gone back to being kind of his dismissive dick again, especially because then Hermione goes into then starts talking about like, oh, Ron thinks that you're going to drag me to the dark side. And he's like and he sort of gives like the on, on paper sensible speech about like you shouldn't be beholden to what other people are, are thinking about you. Um But he says it in a very, like, dickish, dismissive, like, we're better than everybody else kind of way. Um, And I think, like, this is, it seems like it was almost kind of sudden with this, but that, like, starting in this chapter, and I think really kind of in all three of these chapters, like, he's sliding back. um, And, like, we definitely get some, you know, pretty, you know, clear, like, he's, he's being more dark. And, like, some of this stuff is comical, but, like, he's also, like, being a little more, like, he's kind of entertaining those evil thoughts um and so i think that kind of goes in hand where he's also kind of going back to being kind of his arrogant dismissive um you know dickhead thing that he used to do a lot more like he's sliding back into that
0: yeah it's a bummer because it's kind of a backslide from like where he was at with draco um presumably the night before like he you know they had this really uh just awesomely warm and connective uh to put to make it as, as sexual as possible, they had this really intimate <laughs> night together. And uh it was um it was it was lovely and it was it was heartfelt and it was uh genuine. Yeah. And then he's here talking about Ron, where like just to read the quote, which and see like it sounds like you mentioned like back to his assholeness. I don't think he was ever this much of an asshole, and that's what bugs me. Um he says that's why when Ron came over to me, I was sitting when I was sitting down at the Ravenclaw table yeah, and yeah. told me I should stay away from you, I held up my hand to the floor and said, You see how high I am holding my hand? Your intelligence has to be at least this high to talk to me. Then he accused me of, quote, sucking you into the darkness, unquote. So I pursed my lips and went slurp. And then after that, his mouth was still making those talking noises, so I put up a quieting charm. And it's like, holy shit, Yeah, it's like even
1: worse. I He's yeah. never
0: been that condescending, yeah. like, on screen to us. I mean, he, he was... He was dismissive to Ron when he was almost that condescending. Never,
1: never. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, I don't think like I don't think. At least I didn't take this as like, oh my god, Harry has never been this way. It's like okay, he's being quite a bit the way he used to be. Like he was, he used to be much more like that, and then he got way better, and now he's suddenly, like, you know, gone back to it. But yeah, now that you point that out, like that's even worse than he than he normally was. Yeah, but that's. Sort of, I mean, that was, was just sort of like. Is, yeah, but like you know, his volume has been at nine with that, and this one was at eleven. So it's not like it's not like he hasn't been close to that before.
0: I yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm. I'm just trying to like when I look back, I remember him like thinking a lot of mean and dismissive thoughts about people, but never being that condescending. Yeah. Um, out loud.
1: And this is where I, like at least, but like this is like the cognitive dissonance. It, Used to cause me like at least it's like oh okay I know like this is part of the story, like oh what's going on with Harry? Harry's turned into a dick again, and he's entertaining these dark thoughts. Like okay, this is the story. Was like before that's why it would like get me so bent out of shape. It's like oh wait, am I? Sp- is this just supposed to be okay? Like are we just supposed to not like? I was like okay, no, there's something going on. Harry's being a dick. Um, so yeah.
0: And, and we've got Hermione, the voice of pure love. And yeah, well, and I think correcting. that's what really helps
1: is like because she's not just this like you know la la you know sunshine and jelly beans like she's this like you know real three-dimensional character that's like grounded and so it's and, and that actually it was like Hermione talking was like that's what helped really sort of like you know ground the story for me it's like okay I've got this to pivot from the, like to know that to compare this to like is this okay is this not okay it's like oh no this is not, Hermione has told me this is not okay Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, I, and
0: I wasn't being uh I wasn't yeah, trying yeah, I to flatten her with my with my really poorly phrased praising it was just uh like she she to me is just this wonderful like uh it sounds like i'm i'm being dismissive but i'm not like she's she's like a paragon of virtue she yeah. she is she is good with a capital g and so it's nice to have her because like in the beginning of the book we just had harry and so when he's got no one there to tell him off for his shit we're like oh okay this is what's going on but now we see that the that the work that contains this this character Harry, who's being an asshole right now, also contains Hermione.
2: Yeah,
1: and, and so, I think that was and that has that was I think my biggest problem in the beginning was it's like there was nobody to like. Um, you need somebody to like, and like so when Hermione came along, okay, okay, you know, okay, I can like this, I can like this person. And it's because it's not like oh, I can't, you know, have, characters have to be likable or whatever. But there's got to be somebody. There's got to be somebody that you're identifying with, and at least for me, like Harry was such an arrogant dick. And there was, there was nobody to, you know, there was nobody to hang on to. Like, who, who am I rooting for in this story? There was nobody in the beginning. And now Harry's, like, starting to develop, like, you know, character. So it's a lot easier to get invest, invested in it. But it's also nice, to, like, at least, like, Hermione's sort of role now in this story is to be, like, she's, like, the the sanity check. Like, the true north of, like, is this okay? Um so I like that a lot, but so, yeah. And then, and then so then that helps me. It's like, okay, now Harry's turning into a dick again. I can like sort of just like go along for the ride. Like, okay. That's part of the story. What's going on with the story? Harry's turning into a dick um, and not like worrying about like, Oh, is this just like supposed to be okay? I don't know. No.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like I said, the, the shift in his attitude is just so different from the night before. Yeah. Um, it, I honestly, I'm trying to like reason it out. I mean, if being near the Dementor left some scar on him, you'd think it would have shown up yesterday with Draco. Yeah. Um, it could be that when Ron came over this morning, he was too busy worrying about every blade of grass that he was, you know, didn't have enough energy left to worry about Ron. But then he just tell him, "Shut up, I'm busy." You don't give him this thirty second condescending. Uh, yeah, and he hasn't. The face. He
1: hasn't seen quarrel in between then and now, has he? No, I don't think so.
0: Oh yes, because yeah.
1: this is officially going to be the episode where Brian sticks up. Flag on the ground and says quarrel is Voldemort." But oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so we'll get to the quote where I'm like, oh, "Okay,
0: but,
2: sounds good." Uh,
1: um But yeah, so I mean, yeah, and it, it wasn't. It's not until we're talking about it now. I'm like, "Oh, this is this is a very this is a definite shift. That like this is a pronounced shift that has stuck around. I think through all three of these chapters. So it's like, oh, okay, there's something going on here. This isn't like this isn't just like the ebb and flow of Harry's mood. There's a thing has happened." Um,
0: yeah it's it, although at least like we still have those humanizing moments for him too so like when hermione talks to him like at the beginning she she starts all quiet and she's like you know um hey you know ron ron came over to me at breakfast this morning and she's all quiet and sad yeah. and then the you know harry's internal monologue or whatever the the, the narration is harry's hands stop turning the pages it seemed that Harry's brain for all his abstract knowledge was still incapable of appreciating scope on any real emotional level because it just forcibly redirected his attention away from trillions of possibly sentient blades of grass who might be suffering (laughs) or dying, even as they spoke and toward the life of a single human being who happens to be nearer and dearer. And I think that that's the, um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to like read into there as far as like how humans process dealing with emotional stuff. And that's all, Fine and good, but the the short version relating to the story is that like Harry's sitting there having all these abstract concerns, but in the moment that his friend is in pain, he's like, Oh, these abstract concerns can wait, even if they're yeah. really important.
1: But I it did a good job of just but that would like that didn't come naturally to it was almost like he's like, Oh wait, yeah, I have to pay attention to my friends and so he did it and like even then although I'm not sure like how much it was because the way that's phrased it was almost like is the is that what Harry's thinking, or is that just sort of the narration telling us that and i think it's like maybe a little of both because at least like my take of this was that like harry was somewhat aware but not entirely in touch with the idea that that his priorities are fucked up that he's like thinking about other things and um and these like abstract concepts while he's ignoring his friend um that's like he's sort of aware of it but not much Uh, But, like, we do get, like, those little descriptions, that's at least, like, a signal to us, like, oh, we're supposed to, like, think that he should be paying attention to Hermione. I thought in the end of this did, I think, a really good job that, like, the descriptions of them, like, looking at their books and not looking at each other and flipping pages and starting to read and stopping to read, like, that sort of uncomfortable inability to make eye contact and and not being, like, super honest with each other about what's going on, Um, like, because they're, like, their feelings are hurt. Yeah. I thought that was a good description. Just, that, just kind of felt real.
0: Yeah, the like because it's Hermione and Harry, the yeah. the awkward pauses are filled with the pages or the book yeah. pages turning. Yeah, um, like there's they, <laughs> it's it's not quite funny, but it's Harry says, "Hey, because um, so uh, it, the the voice actress for Hermione does a really good job with this too." Um, she says, and and Padma's were going around telling everyone that. That since I couldn't cast the P- Patronus charm, that I must only be pr- pretending to, to be nice. And she does it in a much more like emotional way than I just mm. shittily did. Um, <laughs> but then Harry's like, Padma didn't even try herself. If you were a dark witch who was just pretending, you wouldn't have tried in front of everyone. Do they think you're stupid? And she just smiles and blinks a few times, which indicates to me that she's holding back tears. And mm-hmm. then Harry, in a not really great way of like trying to console a friend, but like still with the intention impulse it seems like to console a friend says yeah. uh, um hey look i actually have to, i have to worry about actually going evil here the worst case scenario is that people think you're more evil than you really are is that going to kill you i mean is it really that bad and her face screws up tight and she nods and um and and he's got good wisdom here about like look hermione if you're that much worried about what other people think you're already uh or you're, you're if you're unhappy whenever other people don't picture you the way you picture yourself, that's already dooming you to always be unhappy. No one ever thinks of us the way we think of ourselves. And- yeah, it was, a,
1: it was it was it was really kind of interesting way that he was because he's like because he's like sincerely concerned about his friend, um, but also being this arrogant dick about everybody else, um, and. And then this stuff he says about, I mean, it's basically, so, yeah, like you said, it's solid advice about, like, don't get all wound up about what other people think about you. So, like, on paper, the content of what he says is good. But the way he says it and sort of, like, the the attitude he's coming from with the way he says it is, like, really unlikable. Because um, it's just this sort of disdain for anybody that doesn't like him and his other, you know, uberfrau friend. Like the yeah, Guardians I... of Humanity, Harry and Hermione, are, you know, above the criticism of the hoi polloi.
0: Yeah, I agree. There, there's a, a nicer way to deliver that sentiment, which is like yeah. with a compassionate hand on your friend's shoulder and saying, you know, look, fuck those guys. Yes, other people matter and all that. And you can do it in a in a way that doesn't make you above mm-hmm. everyone else. But like uh, he he does it like you kind of said, just of like, oh, no, we're because we're important and they're not. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And that's sort of how it comes off. And it's like I said, the impulse is there. But like his delivery is just really uh Suboptimal, which is a drag because we've seen him do better.
1: Yeah. And then he says, so then Hermione says to him, like, well, how would you feel if I thought you were evil? Uh, And then this the quote I pulled, he says, yeah, that would hurt a lot. But you're a good person who thinks about that sort of thing intelligently. You've earned that power over me. It would mean it would mean something if you thought I'd gone wrong. I can't think of a single other student besides you whose opinion I'd care about the same way. Like, that's such a shitty way to put that. Even, like, the words that he chooses, you think about that sort of thing intelligently. Like, that's such a, like, a elitist way of thinking about that. Like, the reason her opinion of him is important is basically because, like, she's another superhuman like him.
0: I, I, I think that's one reading. And given everything else that he's been saying, I totally get that. Yeah. To me, like... I don't know if some random asshole at work was like, "Oh yeah, Steven sucks." I'm like, "Well, fuck you, man. I don't even know you." Yeah. But if my best friend said, Steven, I think you suck," then that would actually land. I think that's yeah, no, and that's I'm,
1: yeah, but, but, and but, but it's but the same way, Yeah, and the, but that's in the same way that like that what he's talking about, like, oh, you shouldn't worry about what other people think of you. Like, I mean, yeah, totally. The, the content of what he just said, if you take away the shitty way he said it, is solid. <laughs> it's like, oh no, you're important to me. So like, it would really hurt if somebody was important. And that's, I mean, that totally makes, I totally get behind that. But, but so take that, solid idea and then figure out the worst possible way to put it. And that's kind of the way he just did, which is like, you know, then you could like just reframe that as instead of, Oh, you know, somebody who's really important to me, their opinion of me is important. It's more like, Oh, another superior human. um, That their opinion of me is worth my consideration is kind of more the way he just put it. Um, And it's again, it's like he's in this weird in between zone of like, he is, at he is, on the one hand, like, and I think, at least my, my vibe is like, he's got, there's, like, there's two Harrys going on, right? And maybe it's this is dark side, light side fighting each other or something, something, but, like, because these are, it feels like, you know, real sincere, you know, concern for his friend, and that he really does mean it. that it would hurt him if, if she thought badly of him. And he does think from, like, a healthy place that, you know, you shouldn't get wound up in what other people think of you. But he's also, at the same time, being this, like, really arrogant, dickhead it's, so it's like how it's like these these solid advice of a of a sincere person then being like channeled through you know some dickhead who thinks he's better than everybody he's like both at the same time it's really kind of weird
0: yeah no that's actually a good point cuz he he stresses like the reason that it would hurt when her said it was because she's intelligent or because she yeah. thinks about that sort of thing intelligently um, not because he does say you're a good person too but that's yeah. it it's like if he had said no, you're a good person and my friend. And if you said I sucked, then that would be it. But he, he, he says, no, you're a good person who thinks about things smartly. Uh, so. Yeah, it's this
1: very sort of like dry, you know, like assessment of her worth as a human. And then that's why. It's not like, oh, you're important to me and I care about you. And then that would hurt. It's uh, But it's almost like he almost kind of says both. It's It really is almost like there's like two Harrys talking here. Um, and like he starts out with like the nice Harry thought and then like it just, this, and, but You know, it's some dickhead gets to rewrite the script as he's going along.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting way of phrasing or like framing this because like he's, it seems like he's, I don't know, maybe he's emotionally distracted about those poor blades of grass or something. But um, it doesn't seem until be like the next interaction that they have here where he actually shows any emotion whatsoever. Um, which when your friend is sitting next to you on the verge of tears saying everyone hates me and that's making me depressed, it's a little late in the conversation and it's surprising that it took him that long, but
1: he's like, Oh, but the grass. (laughs) Uh.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, before that, there's, uh, she, it's like another three minutes of silence or whatever. And then she says, are you sure I really, are you really sure I mustn't know how to cast the Patronus charm? Mm. And then he says, I and Harry had to swallow a lump in his throat. He suddenly saw himself not knowing why this Patronus charm didn't work for him, not being able to show Draco and just being told there was a reason and nothing more. And so there he's like, Oh wait, emotions. Um, And so I think uh, it's, I don't know. At some point it, it it came through to, you know, hit him on an emotional level, but it it did seem to take a while. Like, and it's, like i said to me the bummer is that we we know that he's capable of better and his his um how far he backslid uh aside his to me it looks like a backslide of behavior here isn't really explained like he's just it seems like he's kind of being more of a how did you put it with all the warmth of comic book guy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, i think that i think that nails it and it's like why did it take him until the end of this conversation to have an emotion about it like before that he was just like Oh, people? Yeah, fuck people. Forget it. You're fine. And yeah. while that might be a kind of, you know, that that's how he operates. And that's even how Hermione says. She says, you can live like that. I can't. And I think to a lot of people this will resonate with them because a lot of people who like Harry a lot from the beginning um, kind of learned that lesson at some point during the adolescence where it's like, all right, fuck everyone else. And whether or not mm-hmm. it's through, I, I, I come to that through... Developing a false sense of superiority, superiority over, over everyone else. God, I struggled through that sentence. Um, or it's just because I've, I've learned that it's okay to, you know, not put a lot of weight on other people's feelings of me. At some point, you know, I think a lot of people somewhere in high school come to that realization. Yeah. And
1: well yeah, and like the healthier version of it, which you know, I'm not gonna pretend like I've mastered it or anything, but it's it's like I mean, yes, it's the fuck everybody else, but it's but not put that way. It's like the you know, it's okay if they think that it doesn't say anything. I don't I, I even have trouble like saying it in a way that convinces me of it, but but like there is a there is a non shitty way to hold that thought.
2: Yeah,
0: I I'll be honest that the only way that it really lands for me is to do it in a sort of dismissive way, which is how I think about it only in like uh, the way of like, how do I make myself not worry about this, but not how I reason when I have time to do it in the abstract and like, you know, from the safe distance of, uh, like, how do I think about my fellow humans? I never think about people like that in the, the, from the luxury of my armchair, but if I'm sitting there being annoyed by people or being, um, I don't know, put down by somebody. And so if I'm there in the moment reacting to it, i could be like, you know what? All right, fine. Fuck this guy. And then I'll feel better about it in the moment. And that's, I mean, I'm like the
1: healthier moments of it is like if you just like if you know you're okay and you're not worried about the, like if the fact that if, if it doesn't if if their thing doesn't land on you, like because I think part of like why it bothers us is like, okay, somebody thinks you're shitty, you part of you believes them, and that's why it bothers you. But like if you're like in this completely fictitious, super healthy spot of like, okay, I know I'm okay. And it's okay for them to think otherwise because I'm still okay. And then you're not like, well, then it's fine for them to think that. Um, and then like that, like, so I don't have to worry about what they think. That's how you're putting it. It's like, it's okay that they think that it's not actually true and I'm fine. Or maybe it is a little bit true, but I'm still good enough and yada, yada, yada. But that, like that, like much, you know, everybody hopes one day to be that together. But that, like, that's the place where you could come from where it's not, where you don't have to like sort of attack the person back.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it it, it is weird. I'm, I'm curious where this is going with Harry and like what kind of is going on under, under the hood yeah. with him right now. Um, I mean, especially like,
1: like I said, like to at least be able to, you know, know that this is part of the story um, to be like, OK, there's something like I wonder where this is going um, because he is like he's definitely. And it's, a, it's an interesting because it's almost it's not like, oh, Harry's turned into a shitty person. Cause it, it's like it's like he's misfiring. It's not he's not he's not completely in this place of being a shitty person. He's like not understanding what's going on. He's uh, trying to be good and not being good at it. Um, so it's like it is. It's like he's caught a you know he's caught a virus. You know, like there's something has gone wrong. Like something's flipped, and there's something going going wrong in his head.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll keep that in our back pocket and see if we notice anything else to call out on that um uh yeah hermione asks him about the patronus charm and he he explains that look uh after he gets his emotions uh i guess under control he says look yes it would work but uh you couldn't show people and then why you know there's no sense of of even having the knowledge to demonstrate to them because you couldn't uh it's a secret you you couldn't show people etc and um she just says i'll take it And he says, it was very hard not just to blurt out the secret right there in the library. And he says, I, I shouldn't, I really shouldn't. It's dangerous. And, um, it, I, I, I sort of see his concern. This is one of those ones where if his suspicion is right, that if anyone who knew the secret of Dementors, uh, who, who had solved the riddle correctly, it might be true that the animal form might not work for them anymore. Then they're defenseless against Dementors. And so I can see why there's a reason to try and keep this one in the box for as long as possible. Um,
1: yeah, it's, I don't know, if it's weird, I mean, because that whole reason, like, even from the beginning where um, Dumbledore and Quirrell, like, um, obliviate everybody, like, no, Quirrell knocks everybody out and then they obliviate him. Like, that all seemed, like, really contrived and just sort of, like, to just go along with the whole, oh, some knowledge is dangerous idea. Um, so, I, like, for me, at least, like, then in this part, it's still sort of, like, it seems like not a good enough reason I mean sort of kind of the whole like I don't really get it doesn't seem to me like a foregone conclusion that like if you told somebody like nothing but badness would happen um so at least this term for me played a little again still like Harry's in this weird kind of in-between spot where like okay he's not gonna do the thing that would help her for reasons that are kind of a little sort of valid but at least for me don't aren't super valid and it's not like i'm not sitting here thinking like oh he totally should have done it but it's like it's again it's sort of this like "Eh, it's kind of a lame reason i guess it's okay but
0: uh." to me the the more important thing is that like so i I put this out on discord because i couldn't i i I was pretty sure i understood why but i wasn't sure so like um so she she just says okay fine um i i can't concentrate i'm gonna go and i was curious because she has the note that he wrote that explains yeah. how to cast the true Patronus. Um and she she didn't look at it at the end of the humanism arc because she was just still frightened of Dementors and yeah. I think it I think the note said, When when if you learn you have to fight them or something, read this note and it'll explain to you what's yeah. going on. And uh so I'd put it out as like, why didn't she just go off and read that? And uh Yeah, I guess people-
1: she was more like I mean, it didn't play to me that way either, but like, oh, she, so it was more that she was asking permission basically to read it. like, oh, tell me or tell me it's okay to read the note or something. But yeah, that wasn't really on. It wasn't until you said that, that it occurred to me. I'm like, oh wait, she theoretically could just go find this out whenever she wants.
0: I think the reason that she doesn't, and this, this was my own mental model too, but people pointed out and confirmed is that, cause that'd be wrong with, you know, how Hermione thinks, you know, good and evil and right and wrong. She's like, no, it would be wrong to read it for the wrong reason. Um, if had signed off on it, that'd be fine. But since he didn't, I still need to wait. And yet for me, that actually is still kind of annoying. Like, yeah, uh, I think like
1: my real, my real guess is like, that's the thing that sort of makes it internally consistent after the fact. So it's okay. And you don't have to go back and rewrite anything. But like, I think for like the real like tension in the scene was, oh, please tell me, no, I'm not going to tell you. And then after the fact we're like, oh, she kind of was able to know whenever we want, but I guess it doesn't matter too much. I think
0: yeah, maybe she's just still waiting for like the sign-off. I don't know. It's not clear to me because I'm thinking like the note that she that Harry gave her said, "If the time comes for you to have to fight Dementors, this is how you do it," like. You don't get a lot of heads up if a mentor is coming towards yeah. you. So, like, what is she supposed to carry this scroll on her at all times? And then, if she feels one coming, she whips it out, reads frantically, and then tries to get herself set up to do it, you know, correctly the first time in however many seconds she has. Yeah. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah, she should, I think she honestly, should... like, I
1: think for real, this is like just a minor weakness in the plot. Like, it's not. I don't, like, we could sort of like come up with justifications after the fact, but I think, but yeah, I mean, your point is kind of true, and it doesn't really. The ways we can sort of try to make that consistent in this little world kind of work, but it's still a little lame.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, like, even if you are trying to make it consistent, it still falls short. And yeah. that, that's what makes it lame for me. It's like, nah, okay. she should be prepared before it's an emergency. Like, if to, to run with a, a shitty analogy, which is my pastime, like, if the note <laughs> had said, all right, in the event of a fire, here's a scroll that says how to unlock the safe where the, where the fire extinguisher is. And it's like, no, dude, just tell me where it is so that when there's a fire, I don't spend
1: three minutes getting into the safe to put it out. Here's the URL to the YouTube tutorial about how to operate a fire extinguisher.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking that, like, unless she gets to plan her next encounter with a Dementor, which, here's, in fairness, they don't the come to Here's the man page
1: for how to put out a fire.
0: Uh, we should be clear that man page is the a sexist <laughs> thing. It's a, it's a programmer term. Programmer for term. Manual.
1: Manual page. Notoriously unhelpful computer manuals. <laughs>
0: um so the uh i don't know i guess maybe now that i think about it and now i'm digging myself back out of the this isn't consistent hole is well dementors don't come to hogwarts because they can't so she's safe there so it's not like in my analogy f- a fire couldn't start that put her at risk so all right fine eh. if, I just, you eh, know, right. as long as i'm anticipating it's like a
1: it's like a forgivable and not not catastrophic plot it's not a plot hole it's just kind of a plot weakness
0: yeah i can it's tell you not, it's not big that deal. like it doesn't seem like anything really hinges on it right now other yeah. than her reputation so feels worse
1: to try to force it into some kind of like oh let's figure out how this makes sense in this universe and just go ah, don't worry about it agreed That's eh, it's fine
0: yeah <laughs> So we can we can leave that where it is and wrap this chapter up with the savage slap. Well, savage. I don't know if it's it's savage and like it's just brutal,
1: really. Yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's almost because it wasn't uh, she wasn't doing it to be hurtful. It's just true. Because so after um, refusing to tell her like how to cast the Patronus, he's like, "Well, is there any? There's anything else I can do?" And as as she's walking away, she just says, "Be nicer to everyone." Oh brutal. It was a great line. was that was that the very last line of the chapter? I want to say there was like a couple other.
0: There was sentences like the, or something uh, two lines after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the closer. but it was the last line of dialogue. yeah. yeah. It
1: was like, oh see, it's brutal because it's so true.
0: And so. what would be nice, you know, I guess we don't see how he interact with any students for the rest of what we've read here. Um, I it would be cool, but given where he is at this whole chapter, I'm not putting a lot of hope in it if he says, okay. I'm going to take that advice to heart. I'm going to go around and start being nice to people. I'll apologize to Ron tomorrow or, you know, today at lunch mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, that would have been awesome.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't do that. And then when, like, two chapters from now, he does this weird ham-fisted, like, I don't know how humans work thing with uh, Padma. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. That... I don't know if that counts as being nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, fellow humans. I am here to do a good deed.
0: Yes, and I'm going to do it in, like, the weirdest way possible. In his defense, it works. But it's still, like, the weirdest yeah. way possible. But yeah. we have a whole chapter to get get between that I and know. there, so.
1: We have our love tryst in Mary's room.
0: Oh, yes. Date night. <laughs> date lunch with Quirrell and Harry. Date, especially told,
1: since this is, like, a set like like, our weekly date night with, with Quirrell.
0: I feel so weird now leaning into this joke, but I'm going to just I'm gonna keep it awkward <laughs> and awesome.
1: I think I ran with it more because I, I, I for our little notes, I just said I was going to have my own little, like, blurb summary of the of what that chapter was so this is one i called social distancing i'm so glad you're going to read it oh yeah seriously <laughs> daddy still orders my food for me and then shows me his snake but it has to stay our little secret or they'll put daddy in jail you don't want daddy in jail do you little harry this just has to be between you and me harry people wouldn't oh. understand oh my god that's just because we're Slytherins,
0: this is a peek under the hood of what happens here, <laughs> making this podcast happen.
1: <laughs> I mean you got to still? I still like people are like, oh, I just don't see it at all. Like, there's not okay. We are kidding, but this is fucking weird. People like he's ordering food for him, which and you, you got me the. I missed the uh, the human chili. Joke. oh yeah you, you had to point that one out for me so there's a little bit of the excuse for why he would order for harry but still he's because he's ordered for harry every single time right yeah yeah that's still so, like 50 shades of gray like it's it's weird at the it's, very
0: least it's, it's a definitely a power move yeah it's like um, yeah
1: it's a weird like do- it's definitely a dominance thing and yeah so it does have a if
0: you're way. out if you're out in a business lunch with somebody and they order their, their your your food for you then it's like, okay, cool. They're in charge, I guess. Yeah. And that's that's obviously what Quirrell is communicating here, and that's why he does it. But yes, if you're if you're intent on reading this in the the <laughs> fit, in the grit in the shadiest way possible, um, yes. then yes, th- then you can totally make that happen. So um, anyway, I loved it. I thought that was hilarious. So uh, Harry and Quirrell meet outside Hogwarts to get their thrust approach to Diagon Alley, which previously had been a horseless carriage, and now it's uh but i like i like it because there's a little pun and i I, in my mind harry retreats to puns when he's nervous (laughs) i'm making this up now but i'm that's my new favorite thing for if, if i ever i get a chance to do that in real life i'm totally going to so Quirrell says you seem to be keeping your distance mr potter i don't suppose you see something odd about our conveyance and Odd? Why no? I don't see anything odd. There seem to be even numbers of everything. Four seats, four wheels, two giant or two huge skeletal winged horses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like to think that just like Yudkowsky was just in a mood for these few chapters and he just decides he's going, okay, I'm going to have him like talking crazy shit to his own internal voices. We'll toss some puns in and maybe some human chili. If I, I get, think that this is
0: uh, like. I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. the last, uh, I don't know, five or six chapters were serious-ish, you know, as far yeah. as the story goes. Probably the most, like, the heaviest ones we've yeah, had so true. far. And it's, the the book is kind of like, again, I can't be in the author's head, but it, to me, it's like, oh yeah, this is, this is at its heart, like, fan fiction written partly for the sake yeah. of fun. And yeah, so I kind of like he, that. He's I clearly like, enjoying yeah. himself with these chapters.
1: Uh, yeah, and I kind of like the... I like the feel. I don't know if it's true, but I like the feeling that, like, there's no particularly important reason for doing this. He's just sort of, like, having fun and fucking around. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, it, like, and then like next year, he's like, oh, let's have him, like, talking to his internal voices again. That was weird.
0: I think so, that's, yeah. that isn't the first time he's done that, but it was, like, the yeah. most heated debate his internal voices <laughs> had. Yeah.
1: And it's, like, the most, like, characters, you know, like, they're fighting with each other, and yeah. They're, like, yeah, like, they were arguing in characters. his head about
0: the, um, like, actually, in his first interaction with Dumbledore about, like, oh, no, we should stay and be his friend, and oh yeah, I bet, he's, I bet he's got all kinds of cool books. And then when Quirrell was going to give him that book and his Slytherin side was like, oh yes, we should take it. And Ravenclaw was like, what part about book do you not understand? It's like, this isn't out mm-hmm. of nowhere, but yeah. they the conversations in his head are getting crazier and, and yeah. just more funny, more animated. Um, mm-hmm. I liked uh, the, like I said, this is just sort of like a, it feels a little lighter, but it, it seems to be, um, the way it amps up towards the end, it seems like it's kind of like Maybe actually now, if I'm playing three-dimensional chess, um, maybe this was deliberate to give it like kind of a bit of levity before things got serious. Because um, it looks I mean, like look, looks like they're setting up for something in the next bit. Yeah.
1: Um, well, and I guess we're, and then I had pulled this quote that actually was right before what, uh, what we were just talking about as Quirrell's coming up. And I get like, for a couple sentences, we theoretically don't know who this is, but this um, is describing Quirrell walking up to it. And he says, in the distance, a figure is approaching along the dirt path. A man wearing professorial robes, trudging slowly with his shoulders slumped low, his formal shoes kicking up small clouds of dust as he walks. Half a minute later, the boy darts another quick glance before returning to his surveillance, and this glimpse shows that the man's shoulders have straightened, his face unslackened, and that his shoes are now walking lightly across the dirt, leaving not a trace of dust in the air behind. Um, So I still, like, and I think this was even, like, from the very beginning uh, when we first meet Quirrell, like, when he's standing up on the stage and they're introducing everybody, like, he's in, like, drooling zombie mode and then suddenly he's, like, all animated and and well-spoken and everything. So, like, we still keep, we've had these a few different times. I still don't know. It seems like the timing of it is significant, but I've never been able to see like, okay, this was happening when he was one way and different in another way, so I mean, it's pretty clear there's a clue to something, but like, I don't get... They keep describing him as a zombie, I'm not sure what, maybe, I don't know. Um But yeah. Yeah,
0: this, this was actually, yeah I'm glad you pulled that quote, because that is like some of the most drastic switch we've seen, you know, because, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, you know shoulder slumped, trudging, uh, kicking yeah. up dust clouds, and then straightened, unslacked, and there's no dust, and um, yeah,
1: it's, and it's then complete money. Yeah, and then they talk like what, and then this whole like odd, even joke, and then they get in, and Harry doesn't, is feeling like squidged out by him, like not for no reason that he really understands. But then he goes like right after, after being like animated and normal for a little bit, um, then as they do the whole ride to Diagon Alley, um, he's back to, um, I mean, he goes right back into zombie, but as he's described. Um, it occurred to me just as we're saying that, like, so apparently, like, Diagon Alley is just a Vestral coach ride away from Hogwarts. Like, where is all this shit?
0: That's a good question. I <laughs> think it's back in like London. So I'm assuming they're going yeah. somewhere where they can port key. I there. guess.
1: Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, they talked about it. They, like, they like they take that carriage in order to get outside of the like the 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 boundary where then they can port key out. Yeah, that makes there sense
0: um yeah well go. the other thing too that happens and it's only worth calling out because it's in the text that um when harry when when quarrel goes into zombie mode the sense of doom retreats it says yeah and so the it's been a while since i think at least for me the our attention is well no i guess it's there all the time it's just like now that it's this background thing it, i keep you know it's easy to not notice but the the sense of doom uh ebbs and flows i haven't this, the fact that least, it's not consistent is also interesting
1: yeah and at least for me this is the first time i can remember like because this seems like it's it's not just like oh i've got a creepy feeling or whatever it's like there's something like some vibe he's picking up on that's like disturbing him on some like other level um and i don't remember stuff like there's been other times like oh he's being creepy right now but this like this for me is the first time that it's like oh there's some sort of like you know anxiety provoking emanation coming off of quarrel um, then yeah it did seem to be tied with like zombie mode not zombie mode but um, yeah but yeah I don't remember that being so to me this seems like okay this is some sort of new development in so I don't know what it means but
2: hmm yeah and so yeah and
1: so it's in zombie mode he's not freaked out by him yeah,
0: yeah I guess we'll we'll have to keep our eyes open for yeah. it
1: and this had been my like my misread of uh, when he kills Rita Skeeter. Cause like they describe him cause he stumbles and like, so I guess he like fake stumbles so that he can stomp on, on Rita Skeeter. Like I had misread that as, Oh, he stumbles because he's gone back into his like weird weakened zombie mode. Um, I guess that wasn't what that was at the moment. So
0: what's great about that is I think that's what he wanted us to like. That's what he wanted Uh, Harry to think. And so, um, it, the fact that it worked on and it worked on me, my first read too. Like I didn't, I don't think I caught that. Like it's, it is the last line of the pair of the chapter and stuff about the Rita Skeeter thing, but I, I, like I was reading so fast, I just didn't catch it. Um, so yeah, like the the fact that he he's he diverts it with a perfectly plausible like oh sorry I zombied for a second, and you're like oh okay yeah Quirrell's yeah. going to zombie that happens, and then uh, it it worked not just on Harry but on us right
1: yeah did he say that did he like did he like play it off as like oh I've had a momentary spell of just dizzy spell yeah yeah. So he did try to play it off. It's like, oh, I was momentarily weakened. Yeah. So and it's, it's like I mean, it worked. It, play it, it,
0: it, it played me just fine my first time. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. so uh, Harry's, as they're on their way there, he's just like deliberating about like, he's like, I still haven't figured out what I want to eat for lunch because uh, the he's, he's like, oh, man, there's this maybe flying squirrels can talk and um <laughs> He says Harry wanted to ask Professor Quirrell. The problem was that Professor Quirrell was too smart. And again, this is more <laughs> of his like hero worship of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, judging by what Draco had said, the area slithering Slytherin business was a major bombshell, and Harry wasn't sure he wanted anyone else to know. In the instant Harry asked about parcel tongue, Professor Quirrell would fix him with those pale blue eyes and say, I see, Mr. Potter. So, Mr. Malfoy taught, you taught Mr. Malfoy the Patronus charm, and you accidentally spoke to his snake. He's like, it didn't matter that there shouldn't be enough evidence to locate the true explanation as a hypothesis, let, a- let alone overcome its burden of prior probability. Somehow, the defense professor would deduce it anyway, <laughs> and... I like that. I so oh, think you skipped
1: there where he, his dreamy, pale blue eyes. I think is oh, the original text.
0: Yeah, if you read between the lines, yeah. Yes. Um, speaking of, so the, what he says is that uh, there were times when he suspected that Professor Quirrell had way more background information than he was letting than he was telling. His priors were simply too good, and so this this chapter is called Prior Information, and the one before was called Utilitarian Priorities, which I think is a perfect chapter name for it. Mm-hmm. I just forgot to call that out, and it's kind of good because the, the utilitarian priority of like okay, look, I should be more concerned about these blades of grass than I am about Hermione, but she's here and suffering in front of me. I thought it was a good chapter name, and Inyash reminded me yeah. when we got this project going all those many, many years ago that uh, the chapter names always line up really well. So uh, I keep forgetting to make that an explicit thing, but I will try to do that when it occurs to me. What's so.
1: weird for me, like, the chapter names, like, totally don't, like, they noticeably for me, I'm like, these chapter names, like, help me not at all remember what happened in the, in the chapter.
0: Yeah, it's more, I think the, the way to do it, and this is how Ineos noticed it too. I mean, I don't know how many times, probably maybe once, maybe twice before he did the audiobook. Um, It was after he he says, after he finished recording, then he'd go back and look at the name of the chapter to put it as the name of the episode. And mm. he'd be like, oh, that's perfect for this episode. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was never like uh, the kind of thing that, oh yeah, you remember in uh, utilitarian priorities? Well, actually that one stands out pretty good, but um, yeah. You know, whatever. It's not like for most people you could generate the chapter by the by the chapter name, but you give them the chapter and they're like, oh, yeah, that name lands well. So at least there's some thought that went there. Yeah. So then this is where it cuts to uh, Quirrell ordering lunch for both of them. And for Mr. Potter, a plate of the Tenerman's family chili,
1: (laughs) which (laughs) I think um, I was so distracted by that. I'm like, really? He's ordering his food again that I didn't get that. Actually, I think I read it just more like, oh, he's purposely ordering him meat. Which I guess is, was the point, but even worse so. But so I like saw that and I didn't fixate too much on either the name or any significance to it. But, but yes, Tennerman's Family Chili is a South Park reference.
0: It's to an early, I don't know, somewhere in the first five or six years of it. It's actually great because yeah. they go to Fort Collins in that episode for a pube fair. And uh, <laughs> basically, this kid annoys Cartman, like, I don't know, takes like $16.12 from him or something. And Cartman tries to get it back and then tries to trick him into getting it back and then just kills the kid's parents and feeds them to him in a chili cook-off. Doesn't,
1: doesn't Cartman say something like creepy? He's like, yes, eat it or something like
0: that. Yeah, he's literally licking, licking yeah. his face. No, oh, yes, right. the tears of unfathomable sorrow. Oh, yes, yes. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I, I can remember lines from South Park episodes I haven't seen for five years, but I couldn't nice. tell you, who, like, fried <laughs> off. Like, if I didn't know that it was Tuesday because we are recording, I would be able to tell you what day of the week it is, but I can tell you what that line was from South Park. Anyway, um, Harry politely asks if that has any meat from snakes or flying squirrels, and snakes. the waitress uh, shakes her head. He neglected to ask if it has the meat of humans, but that's on him, so. <laughs> for what it's worth, I think that's a throwaway. I doubt that there's actual cannibal meat in there, but it's just a hilarious little line for us. Maybe there is. So. Who knows? Maybe. This is it's a very just, expensive restaurant.
1: It's just muggle meat. They're not people, per se.
0: <laughs> yeah, so then um, Quir- Quirrell says, oh, an interesting question, Mr. Potter. I wonder why you asked it. And then Harry gives this long explanation of, like, oh, here's my perfectly plausible reason. And it sounds Which was pretty plausible.
1: It was pretty good bullshit. Yeah.
0: And then <laughs> not good enough to fool, fool Quirrell. Mm-hmm. So uh, he says, ah, oh, would I be cr- correct in guessing that you're also a parcel mouth? And <laughs> uh, this is basically, I think, I think it was... Um, within reason on discord pointed out that spit takes seem to be a lot more common in this universe than they are in the real universe. Mm,
1: that's true. Yeah. I think, Cause he did two of them and that it did make me think of like the common tea, So
0: yeah, I mean the comedy tea whole thing, whole, the whole reason it works is because spit takes are a thing that happened apparently in everyone's real life. And then it just sends an impulse backward in time to drink the tea mm. when you're about to spit take anyway. And yet I think I spit spat take spit taken Spent. maybe three times my whole life. Um and if I was being oh, so. careful it would be less than that. So like mm-hmm. I I I wish I lived in a world where I spat take more spit spit took. Spit I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> just make tack. up how, how, gonna make up past tense for that every time. Spit ticking. Spit. Uh, <laughs> I feel like life would be a lot funnier if that happened to me once a week, but alas, my, my life is dull and I tend to keep all my liquids exactly where I want them to go. And yes, I phrased that just as uh I don't know what I'm doing here. All right, let's just push past that. Um,
1: so I like kind how of like like the way Quarrel Quarrel said it in a way that you would think that he had just like deduced it from whatever. So he's like fucking with him because because he did just know it already. It wasn't that he had just deduced it from what he had said. So it was like he was trying to get him to spetak.
0: Yes, indeed. It's I think uh, like Harry makes Sp-tuck. the the comment somewhere way early in the book that like making people's lives surreal is like one of his goals and that being this weird is the result of a lot of hard work and elbow grease and you get the impression that Quirrell kind of has the same game where it's like oh yeah Mm -hmm. let me just fuck with him for a second like I could just tell him but no in fact he he just he actually says that he says no I was gonna ask you that anyway because I have my suspicions Mm -hmm. but I just chose an opportune moment to ask you which you know uh, he's not I guess wanted to pass up a good opportunity for a joke so Anyway and it was so,
1: yeah, then, then yeah so and then he goes into like the very long explanation of why he would know and I, like I had it wasn't until I read it again it was pretty like hard to follow um and then even like after getting I'm like that's kind of a stretch I don't know yeah
0: it does it don't does worry. seem like he has prior information like the title yeah. suggests right um like it it's remember like whole like Harry's whole long chain of reasoning about how Dumbledore was responsible for the death of his parents. This has exactly that feel to it where it's like, okay, well, if I line up all these Jenga, Jenga blocks in the right order, you can see exactly Mm -hmm. why I was thinking that there was a parcel mouth and that it was probably you. And it's like, okay, I, I guess.
1: Yeah. So I guess like we can say what the, what the explanation is and then we can talk about it. So Quirrell says that he had bribed non-specified people to find out that Dumbledore, knew that the sorting hat had been enchanted to give parcel tongue messages to the heirs of Slytherin uh, and that Dumbledore was going to use the knowledge of, of the, use the fact that there had been a spell put on, on the sorting hat as evidence, and this is part where it seems really shaky to me, as evidence that, oh, so the sorting hat, that means that, Sal- that Salazar Slytherin had to enchanted? I'm not sure exactly, but that means, like, that because that had been put on by clearly a Slytherin, then that means that I'm not even actually even able to follow it as as I'm now trying to walk through it. Then that means that Voldemort was the one that opened up the Chamber of Secrets back in 1940 something something and got Moaning Myrtle killed. How does now that I'm saying that like that part doesn't even connect for me? Like how does the fact that there's a spell on the Sorting Hat put any timing around? the chamber of secrets
0: so um i guess on the first the first thing that you would said was that the the message on the hat was that from salazar i think there's good reason to think that it was um it said the message was like from slytherin to slytherin if you seek my secrets speak to my snake um which sounds like a a salazar like if he's and he also yeah that part makes sense yeah so so that part's fine um the the rest is like so this was always a thing that bugged me in canon too. Like, all right, fine. The year that it happened, let's blame the guy who keeps bringing monsters in the castle. That's fine. Um, it made sense that Hagrid got in trouble in nineteen forty three, but then when it came out that Lord Voldemort was attending Hogwarts in his year, mm-hmm. and that there's a that uh, someone died when when Voldemort was in, in school. Like, dude, it was probably fucking Voldemort. <laughs> so, oh, that's um,
1: because the the choices for this for how. Moaning Myrtle died was that either it was the Chamber of Secrets that killed her or it was the spider, the Aragog or whatever. Yeah, I think so. So, okay. so like, now it, it makes was, sense. So, it was
0: never clear to me how, the, like, how they ever managed to pin it on the, sna- on the, the spider because I think the basilisk, basilisk kills you by looking at you and the spider yeah. kills you presumably by biting you. Yeah. Um, and I think that she was found just dead. So uh,
1: yeah, yeah. in any case... Yeah, but at least so, but, so the sorting hat means that the Chamber of Secrets story is then probably true, and if the Chamber of Secrets story is probably true, then it wasn't Hagrid that killed Molding Myrtle. Yeah, I think that's 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 where he's getting so at. Serious so people like, like yeah. It was like a a long walk to get here.
0: Right. Well, and that, that's only like you know two-thirds of the way yeah. through. Then he says, all right, now let's assume that um, there's a parse math in this year's crop of students because why did the headmaster learn about this spell this year and not five years ago or whatever? And so... Um then he, he manages to finangle away where um so you see it wasn't me who invaded your privacy, your mental privacy, it was the headmaster. And mm-hmm. uh it's funny because like and I don't actually like this that Harry feels bad about telling her uh Professor McGonagall about the message. Yeah. So He's thinking that, like, oh shit, yeah, uh, Double Dork read my mind. I I told Professor McGonagall about this. Now that it doesn't it hit the line is, which itself no longer seems like such a smart move. I disagree. Mm. I think his reasoning at the time of telling McGonagall was sound and like his one of his first choice like first moves of good judgment in the story. Yeah, and, I think I
1: read that like he was more thinking about that he let. Dumbledore no but it wasn't not so much like telling Dumbledore but but by telling it it was then information he gave to Dumbledore and it was Dumbledore finding it out about it that he thought was the the bad outcome
0: that is a much better interpretation and I like that and I've now reassessed how I feel about it that's perfect <laughs> um yeah it's at the time it made sense like all right let's get a grown-up involved who can make sensible safe decisions for the school yeah. but at the time he had no reason to like I think this was like his second day maybe I think his first day of class Um, so I forget, like,
1: did, did he ever actually, did he ever tell Dumbledore or did he only tell McGonagall?
0: No, he told McGonagall and I think it was just in this moment where he realized like, oh, of course you would have told the headmaster and he just, you know, learned last night that the, that, that Dumbledore might not be, you know, this perfect dude. So, um, you know, if he, if he is really the kind of guy who will murder somebody's wife in, in her house, then, uh. He maybe shouldn't be given this ammunition about everything that Harry knows. But, you know, that cat's out of the bag. So maybe it's a case for keeping things secret. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. In any case, uh, (laughs) um, I like his his thing about plausible deniability. So Quirrell asks him, Mr. Potter, have you any progress in finding the Chamber of Secrets? And he says... Well, no, he's thinking to himself. But in order to make plausible deniability, he says, "With respect, Professor Quirrell, if I had made such progress, it's not quite obvious to me that I should tell you about it."
1: Sometimes you have to raise with a bad hand every once in a while.
0: <laughs> that's just right. In order, I—that's I, I, a perfect analogy. Um, so, yeah, basically, they—they uh, they go on to. Well, really, Quirrell goes on to speculate about the Chamber of Secrets. Harry's just sort of listening. Um, I don't know how much of that
1: you want to cover. Or... Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm only getting it in and out of order because we could come up to the part like, because Coral makes a very cutesy little uh, quote where I'm like, oh, okay, he's Voldemort. Um, he, uh was So, yeah, because, oh, so, oh, this, so Harry gets like all dark and weird again because as he's thinking, wait, have we, so they walk through the whole, um, so the reason that um, the monster of Slytherin is that what Slytherin's monster? Yeah. Exists is like, cause Quirrell walks him through like, well, why was it there to just kill somebody or was it there to like, try to defeat another wizard? Um, and so Quirrell's kind of walking him through like, what are all the reasons? And the, like at the end of it, the the reason that makes the most sense is that, that sells Slytherin put, made that monster and put it there so that it would be a, a something that only, that only a parcel mouth could speak to, but that it was a living thing and so could get around the interdict of Merlin and that it would be able to teach spells to, but only to a parcel mouth. Um, and that it would live long enough to, you know, go out to the, to the heirs of Slytherin and and teach them. Um, so that's the big aha that, um, that Quirrell tells to Harry, but they, but they don't know like, so what would it have taught them? We don't know. But then the assumption is that that's what like back in 1940 something something that Voldemort went in and got whatever this power was that Salazar Slytherin had left left for them and that's what makes um, Voldemort so powerful because he got whatever these teachings from Salazar Slytherin are and then Harry gets like all weirdly like dark again. Uh, where he's like, and again, it's like there's like a funny quote. I'd like Had you pulled it, I can't remember. But I,
0: I pulled it. But yeah. before we get there, I wanted to point out that there was another thing that I really liked about the um, the speculation about the purpose of the snake. So one, it's fucking brilliant to set up the interdict of Merlin and then set up a better purpose for the for the basilisk than existed in canon. Yeah. And say, oh yeah, well since it's actually alive, and I set up the interdict to say that you know knowledge has to be transferred dangerous knowledge from one living mind to another. Well then this counts, and because the the image uh, like the original thing was like what it's going to purge the castle of Muggleborns." like that never really made a lot of sense and it's a monster it's it's just a monster for monster powers exactly yeah so it, it it was great for a kid's book but in this they he the author i think wanted to level it up a bit which was awesome and i i liked the image that it painted and uh, when Quirrell is speculating, he says, "Unless the Slytherin's monster were powerful enough to defeat the headmaster of Hogwarts and all the teachers, it could not triumph by force. Multiple murders and secrecy would result in the school's closure, as nearly happened in nineteen forty-three, or in the placing of new wards." Um, I, I just like the the mental image of you know the dozen or so teachers and Dumbledore squaring off against a basilisk. <laughs> like it just, I don't know, make for good fan art, um,
1: or, or like the basilisk like running. A muck in the halls of hogwarts and tearing up students and shit
0: yeah it does beg the question of why the plumbing is big enough like for how big that thing was in the movie like th- <laughs> those those pipes were like you know uh diehard no, it's, it's like a, size. no it's like
1: a florida gator the thing was only like you know boa constrictor size when it went down there
0: yeah just it's one it's of those been, fish tails when they talked a, about it's, it it's, well, that's, that's, thing, a, that's thing a good thing was 40
1: feet long <laughs> No, it's you know it's just good living down there. I grew up real real big. After a few years,
0: yeah, eating, down there. eating who the fuck knows what. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So then the the line was so Harry's thinking, oh shit, I can go in talk to this talk to the Slytherin snake, get this powerful knowledge, and like like you said, it's kind of like him getting carried away with uh, it. To me, it, it sounds like I, I get your reading, especially from the framing of the last chapter, that this seems sort of dark. But he gets this, this one line that I like a lot. And he says... Um, oh, yeah. He says, ah. Uh, and then add in Harry's superior intelligence and some original magical research and some muggle rocket launchers, and the resulting fight would be completely one-sided, which is exactly how Harry <laughs> wanted it. And I, But it is. I mean, yeah, it is,
1: I like that, too. It was funny. Yeah. Um,
0: when 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 fighting in a fight with stakes, fighting fair is ridiculous. Yeah. It's like in the movies, and they're like, "No, if you want to, you know, throw down your gun and fight me like you know one on one." It's like, "No, fuck that. I'm going to just shoot you. I'm not going to risk losing. Like losing is too much too much to risk."
1: See how Indiana Jones shoots the dude with the sword? <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> which then, like, I think, if I recall, was because like uh, Harrison Ford had like gotten injured and so didn't wasn't able to do the whole sword fight that they had planned or something. But I think it was food poisoning. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. I it, um, so he just but like, it was, so, so yeah I mean that stuff. was like a funny line but also like he, he didn't it wasn't some sort of like oh I could use this power for the betterment of blah 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 it's like he's just straight up like oh I'm gonna like conquer shit
0: um, that's a really good point he didn't think yeah. about like oh and I can use that to yeah um, and even those
1: other times where he's come up with those things they sound like super forced like just sort of justifications for you know for him able to like grab whatever power that he thought that was but this one is like he's not even pretending
0: it seems like the the hat was right to be concerned about him, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right; it didn't. I maybe I'm a. If I had magic, I'd be on the path of dark lordism too. Because, and maybe well, in my defense, the book kind of spelled it out this way. I don't get the feeling that there's a lot of like, oh, and here's this really lovely spell that will cure Alzheimer's. Um, I doubt that Salazar like had that and you know put that in his snake. Right? It's probably like, and here's the spell you used to blow up mountains, <laughs> and here's the spell that you use to uh, turn someone's blood into. Uh, I don't know liquid nitrogen, um, like I bet it's all this gross shit. But like, I'm, for some reason, I'm assuming it's all dangerous combat magic. But maybe there is just like really powerful stuff that's generalizable to
1: other things. Or the snake just turns into like a YouTube instruction video. <laughs> uh, Guardian Leviosa.
0: Yeah, it that I wonder, like the snake presumably couldn't teach. I wonder you know, if I'm just running with my imagination, the snake, snake probably couldn't teach him the correct gestures and, and words to a spell. Cause it's that's all true. teaching it in partial tongue. Mm-hmm. I bet it would like legilimens it into his brain. Right. I guess so. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Were like, he talking,
1: uh, would he talk in Slytherin's voice? Would he have his own like sneaky voice?
0: I think I'd have his own sneaky voice, but I'm picturing like mm-hmm. you would, you would. All right, cool. Then... Oh, Cause
1: he's not a Patronus. That's right.
0: Yeah. But then I'm thinking you can't look into the snake's eyes without being killed. So how would it mm-hmm. like matrix, you know, teach Neo-Kung-Fu that into Harry's brain.
1: Eh. Well, if you can tap into his brain, then probably eye contact's not necessary.
0: Well, I think that's how legitimacy works. Oh. Um, yeah, so there's there's got to be some other way. Hmm. I don't know. Well, we'll figure it. Well, either... I mean, it, it seems like we can speculate about it, but the uh, the speculation continues before, after Harry gets his hopes yes. up. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, so Harry's
1: like, oh, yeah, and then I can use his power to conquer the world. And Quirrell's like, nah, so much because Voldemort would have killed the and they go through what's the what's the 12th rule of the made-up rules um never leave the snake behind
0: never leave um, never leave your power source of <laughs> power laying around yeah
1: so yeah so coral's like now nah, if voldemort if that did happen in 1943 and voldemort went and got all the power he would have immediately killed the snake so that nobody else could get the power and harry's like oh man yeah and, and then, then we get to the part so then this is where i just decided okay fuck it um but so he said, before that, But I'll come back, he says, like, oh, I could be wrong. In the end, it's only a guess. I'm like, well, no, not if you're Voldemort. It's not a guess. Um, <laughs> but, but what he says, I think, very shortly after that, um, he says, if only you know who had lived, uh, you might have persuaded him to teach you some of the knowledge that would have been your heritage from one era of Slytherin to another. I'm like, uh oh, teach you. I don't I actually actually I'm reading again. I don't know what it was about it that, like, made it stick out so much. But it just seemed to, like, be the, like, ironical har har like your teacher is saying that voldemort could teach you i don't know i think it was more was it just the last week that we were talking about it i've been uh when i had brought up uh, the mentalist and the rules for deconstructing a uh, a plot i'm like well voldemort somebody's voldemort we've only got like four characters we give a shit about <laughs> uh so i'm like okay so it's either Quirrell or maybe dumbledore now and I, maybe i'm not i, I yeah. Well, no, I think I was—I maybe sort of like okay, it's one—it was like maybe Dumbledore is Voldemort, uh, but then when I saw this cute line, I'm like, oh, no, that's just too cute. So it's cool. this is like one of those like put in there on purpose as a little clue lines. It would be dope, so. with Dumbledore, with no. That'd be kind or... of cool. Yeah, I... yeah. If we didn't have like this, I'd be like, you—you—you you, you could have bullshitted me into, into thinking that. That would be kind of cool. I, I think know, what if we
0: like, haven't a lot of time like, in Dumbledore's head. Uh, yeah. we don't really know what's going on in there I, now have we had they're running any time in
1: dumbledore's there. head have we i don't i don't know that we had any time in dumbledore's head
0: i think you're right yeah so mm,
1: that's probably significant yeah
0: may, maybe you know the reason he's crazy is he's really just fighting down voldemort in there or something yeah nah, or just
1: because Dumbledore's just fucking evil so.
0: yeah that's, that's probably we're not, his, we're not in his
1: head because then we would know that he's fucking evil
0: no nah, i mean <laughs> the real mastermind and the real voldemort is professor sprout obviously Professor sprout and then you found this wonderful yeah. picture of the Scooby-Doo <laughs> gang unmasking a, a guy in a gorilla suit with Voldemort underneath oh. it. And where the hell did you find that? What did you uh, search to pull that up? I,
1: we were, so you said, oh, it's actually Professor Sprout. And so that, for some reason, that got in my head. And it would have worked, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. Uh, and so then I just Googled uh, Scooby-Doo Voldemort. Perfect. And I got a, I got a hit for that. And so <laughs> Ron all, is, if you all want to Google the same thing, you'll find it. Yeah, Ron is Velma. Why wouldn't
0: he be Shaggy?
1: Yeah. Shaggy's not even in that. But, well, probably because for this particular one, Shaggy's not in the picture. So. Yeah, but I'm,
0: yeah, it, it, let's that's be true. real. She runs yeah, the other run, totally. Could you, yeah, you're right, and yeah. Hermione would be Velma.
1: My, that's true. Hermione would be Velma, and then you could have like Luna Lovegood be Daphne.
0: And Harry would be Fred because that's just yeah, who he is. Yeah, would be so. Fred, yeah. All right, now who's yes. Scooby? Oh, Scooby's Neville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Neville's the talking that's... dog.
1: And Draco is Scrappy Doo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one everyone hates. Perfect. Everyone hates. All right. Um, so,
1: I. the hell were we talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The book. Uh, well, then it also made me think I'm like, because that's sort of like the default position. And like, only I mean, did kind of, there's kind of a good job of like, maybe, okay, maybe it isn't. And clearly it's different because he's not like, he's, he doesn't have like, you know, Voldemort on the back of his skull um so i mean so there's definitely something else going on i don't know what else it is but i'm just like okay that was too cute a thing Um, yeah and 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 then once i finally had to think about like okay definitely voldemort has already shown up in the story and then there's a very short list of people that has to be
0: so that's that's an interesting leap i uh only if you assume that voldemort is like secretly a main character
1: um, I think, well, so I guess I'm going on that theory. I mean, it's got kind of, because there's sort of like, like we've seen how like Hagrid has just sort of been written out and we've seen like how Snape is like, he's not at, like, he's a character, but he's not an important character. And then there's, there's other, and we know, I mean, I guess it could like be somewhere like, oh, my, maybe McGonagall is, is Voldemort, but like, that doesn't like fit as far as just sort of like the character dynamics or whatever.
0: And we have, so it's like, it. you know, she, she's yeah. too
1: sweet. Yeah. And, you know, it's because, I mean, you could do it as, like, you can see, like, okay, we've made this story where Hagrid and uh, Ron are just not important. Like, you can tell how, like, a character's just been sort of written away that hasn't happened. We were talking about Voldemort all the damn time. So, Voldemort's definitely important. So, he's going he's gonna to be here somewhere. Um, and Maybe not, like, in the same way or whatever, but, like, Voldemort is not just going to be some, like, thing off stage He's not just going to be the concept of Voldemort.
0: That would be super... Um, that'd be a a huge divergence, right? Like, and you know, if we look at a character who's got a lot more screen time than, uh, they had in Canon, like Quirrell is all over this book. Yeah. yeah, So, um, yeah. And it's, you know, it's worth, uh, I guess mentioning at this point, now that you've made your advanced prediction that like (laughs) there, there, there was contention, I think very strong contention. I wasn't around, uh, much in the community at this point, but I was towards the end. Um, it's my understanding that it, you know that there was a lot of contention as to whether or not Coral was Voldemort in mm-hmm. the community. So, without saying whether or not that's true, I can just tell you that this was something that was debated. Yeah. So,
1: well, that's what I, that's what it made me think is like because there had been quite a bit of Harry Potter fan fiction already by other. There was other Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh, tons! Uh, more than this. Yeah, there was already tons. So, what I'm wondering is like because the the universe of fan fiction like it has so many possibilities that it's then maybe like more of a surprise. Because like this is it's this is just this is the story from the book. I mean I mean it's not at all that, that but like that fact is like that's your default position and like, oh maybe are we going to do something different? So I'm just wondering like if the only Harry Potter I've ever read is the original Harry Potter and this, then is this like less am I less diverted from like is that possibility like less Uh, not appealing, but like am I I less tempted by that other possibility because I haven't read all of these other alternate universes and so I'm more like locked onto Quirrell as Voldemort and so then it's less of a surprise. I don't know. It just made me wonder that.
0: Totally. And then you just get stuck in this loop of like second guessing like, all right, well, is the author setting this up or is the author pretending to set this up or is he pretending to be pretending to set this up? And And it seems like it's
1: definitely like different because like, you know, Voldemort Quirrell in the books is just like he's just evil monster dude. And there's definitely. I mean, it seems like we're setting uh, Quarrel slash Voldemort or whatever up as some tragic, some like he's not going to be completely hateable. Um, so I mean, it's, it feels like it's definitely playing out to be something very, very different. But not just in that particular fact. I mean, I don't know. I could guess. It just seems like that's just way too cute a little zinger to put in there. If, if somebody's got to be Voldemort, if, if if Dumbledore were Voldemort, that you wouldn't have that line. So, although,
0: so, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the next line in the story or in the in that paragraph is the smile twisted further as though to mock the obvious impossibility even given the mm-hmm. premise yeah. and so yeah it, it's well, um i it yeah no yeah. i i can dig it and
1: yeah but yeah. i mean, still have no idea like where it's like i mean it's very clearly it's not going to be at all the same
0: well and like let's um, be real like uh th- this is this isn't um this isn't the first Harry Potter book, right? If this was yeah. like the original, if this wasn't fan fiction, and uh, like this, th- that would be a total like almost non sequitur at this point, right? Um, yeah. You know, here we've got a huge prior, so I think that's a very yeah. reasonable guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, if this isn't, if this weren't like based on something else, it's not even a total given that Voldemort's gonna like be a character. I mean, I, it could be like fucking any. I don't know what the hell it's going to be but like Voldemort's definitely going to show up as some kind of character in some way um, and then this is just sort of like and there isn't even enough to know like oh I know whatever it's just it's almost like just like this line is just the like it's like he was too he was too clever he couldn't he couldn't resist the urge to drop this little cutesy phrase and then gave it
0: away it's kind of fun like with the um,
1: I don't know maybe I'm still I don't know although I think the way you're talking I think maybe I got it
0: <laughs> or I'm just trying not to dissuade you're, you
1: no um, you're sounding you're sounding defeated I no, I
0: I, I was trying to tie it back to the <laughs> to the title. I, I I'm not defeated. I think that that's a that's, that's a really good guess. And like the fact, I think it's it's been fun watching him and ha on it. And uh, like I'm not uh, I'm not really sure what to communicate here. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not defeated by no, no. by by you by you putting your neck out, and making a prediction. I think that's awesome. So uh,
1: it, yeah. So I mean I, I mean I guess I'm. It's just that, like, and as the more I'm thinking about it, it's got like. Are the three characters with enough weight in the plot to be Voldemort? Are like Harry and cro- maybe they're all Voldemort. Um, the real Voldemort
0: and there was, that weird was the thing. friends he made along the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's the and there's the thing from the original where there's like the, like the the weird like you know Vulcan mind meld that Harry and Voldemort have because of his scar. So like who knows what? Who knows? Or maybe. Dumbledore and Quirrell have a Vulcan mind meld,
0: and, and yeah, so. during one of their sordid affairs, no doubt. <laughs> yes, so
1: Dumbledore would be more uh, vulnerable to COVID because he's elderly. That's a good point. So he needs to. I hope he's watch social himself. distancing
0: properly. I know. Which reminds me, I guess you know this will probably be over by then—the apocalypse. So you want to you want to put an <laughs> empanada on whether or not Quirrell is Voldemort.
1: Uh, and Evadon is Quirrell Voldemort. Uh, well, so I could Let me think through, through it one part. So I don't... So our possible? okay, like McGonagall would just be too, like, completely fucking over the top. So no. And then I think Snape has been, like, two minor characters, It's not Hagrid. Um, it's Peeves. Oh, it's Ron. Peeves. Ron. <laughs> 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 Herm- Hermione is Voldemort. Um, Never. Don't you ever say that? Yeah, it. I, so I mean, yeah, it's definitely an, emp- an empanada's world. I'll, I'll give you two for one empanada on that one. Deal. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking like, yeah, so there's there's still that whole, as I'm saying, there's that, that weird like Vulcan mind meld over the scar thing. So who knows what that tosses in the mix. But like, it would either have to be like, if I didn't have like this weird little just like cutesy clue, I'd see, I'd, I'd be like maybe like 60 40 coral. Dumbledore on who is Voldemort nice uh, but this one I think pushes it more like 80-20 okay cool That's it's, uh, it's empanada worthy I think I could dig it <laughs> on the in like in three months from now when we're allowed to go out of doors and purchase food
0: oh yeah and one of these days we'll be able to go outside again. although
1: that place might be I mean you, empanadas are good to go so they might they might be
0: I mean if you want to drive
1: downtown to grab it. one
0: actually you know what there's, actually, there's one not that far from me I think um
1: Maria Empanada? Yeah. Or is it a different... Is it the same chain?
0: Yeah, I forget where it is. This episode case. brought to
1: you by Maria Empanada. Yeah. It's worth also Fine, pointing out that Argentine these are worth like four food.
0: bucks. It's not worth that much deliberation okay. as far as <laughs> I'm not betting you $100. Um, but uh, I would just, as far as your, your calculus, well, you know, we'll, we'll leave it because we've spent a lot of time and we both have busy social lives to get out to do tonight. So um, yeah, another plague yeah. joke never gets old. Um, so Quarrel asks him, "Hey, uh, can you keep a secret?" And then this is like the tone kind of shifts a little bit. side
1: is Snake? <laughs>
0: yeah, he locks the door and shows his. Wait, we can't. Liner.
1: We, we, we can't skip over fucking treacle soda. It was that uh, was treacle soda in the original? I have no idea. That's fucking nasty. Tre- so treacle is just molasses. Oh my god, molasses soda doesn't that sound like awful? Yeah, I am. That sounds like like. That's like Jägermeister meets, yeah, cream it's like soda. Kid, yeah, yeah it's a like kids Jägermeister. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just that that just sort of slid in there because it sounds very Britishy when you call it treacle. My prior probability like, of Harry being oh, Voldemort gross. just went up ten percent because he drinks treacle soda because he enjoys it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. All right. So. Um, yeah, so the the joke is obviously it, does, it is
1: good to wash wash down human chili though. Yeah, that as makes well sense. With that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the only the only real beverage for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the joke here is obviously he locks the door, and then asks his student, "Can you keep a secret?" Then shows him his snake. But if we're taking well, it more more cereal, he says uh,
1: <laughs> cereal.
0: You can see how I did that. I just pretended to be serious, but wasn't. I'm on a roll. And cereal is also another South Park reference. I Think that's why it came to mind. With Man Bear Pig. All right, sorry, this is a little disorganized. <laughs> it was a long workday for me. I don't know what Brian's excuse is. Reign me in, dude. Fuck you. Um,
1: <laughs> that's, that's not my role here.
0: <laughs> one of us has to keep us on track. I
1: am, I am the rainy.
0: Fine. All right, I'll rein in. Um, so Quirrell says, all right, seriously, though, think about it before you reply. Uh, this is something that could potentially send me to Azkaban. And then Harry actually thinks. He's like, okay, well, that means he's broken the law. And... Whatever his secret, Quirrell didn't think this act would, you know, reflect badly on him in Harry's eyes. There'd be no advantage to be gained from not hearing it. And if, uh, if there wasn't a wrong with Professor Quirrell, then Harry was very much uh, advantaged to know it. So even if he promised not to tell anybody. So he says, I've never really had much respect for authority, legal and government authority included. I will keep your secret. And he says, I will test whether you're not a true descendant of Salazar. And then he stands up and Harry, by reflex, more than calculation, stands up as well. And then there was a blur, a shift, a sudden motion. Zah! And boom, snake. And, snake. Um, I like how Harry struggles with Parselmouth, I think, because he's shocked. Um, mm. I'm not really sure what your reading was on that. But that was, like, he spoke effortless parcel tongue to Draco's Patronus. Oh, I guess,
1: yeah. I guess I more read it as just, like, the, yeah, I didn't read it as, like, struggling. It was, I mean, you may, you may be right. I think uh, I just interpreted it as just doing this stuff that it was, that it was just sort of describing the snaky way of talking rather than he was having trouble doing it. But did it actually like literally say like, oh, he didn't know how to say it?
0: Well, he says, greetings. Uh Hiss. No. uh Greetings. And then it works. Oh, like yeah. he, like he, he hymns and haws. I think it's because he's trying to do it on purpose for the first time. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. So then this line I liked a lot. So he says, uh, you're an animagus? And he says, Obviously. 37 rules number 34 become animagus all sensible, <laughs> all sensible people do if can thus very rare <laughs> um and i i wanted to call that out because on tv tropes the list the evil overlord list which i think quarrel based his uh like if i were to be a dark lord list here's what i'd do um rule 34 on tv tropes is i will not turn into a snake it never helps
1: <laughs> wait that's a real thing oh yeah how is it? What, in, what is that in reference to on TV Tropes, turning into a snake?
0: Uh, there's links in that same list. I could pull it up right now, but I won't to be distracting, but I'll send you the link after. But yeah, Google TV Tropes evil overlord list.
1: But how is that a thing an evil overlord is concerned about?
0: Because turning into a snake is something dumb evil overlords do. Just, oh, like okay. having, see, I, just like I, I having, just like having your guards can... with like helmets that cover their faces, and having ducks big enough to call, crawl through, and
1: I don't, I don't ever recall an evil overlord turning into a snake.
0: It does, link, it it has links. I grabbed it when I grabbed the quote to make I sure I was really right that thing. it was Rule Thirty Four. Um, hmm.
1: Oh wait, isn't Rule Thirty
0: Four another thing with regards to the internet?
2: Oh yeah. Okay, something definitely is. going on here.
0: But TV tropes did it first, so see, all right, because.
1: They were ahead of Yudkowsky on this one. Thir- there's rule 34 of Quirrell and Harry with a snake.
0: <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm sure there is, and that's the worst thing in the yeah, world. If so.
1: there wasn't, there will be in about five minutes.
0: Oh, God. The Internet's a terrible place. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on from that. Moving on. Uh, basically, so this is actually kind of important. So he says, like, wait um uh snakes can uh understand parcel tongue or excuse me animagus snakes can and he says well not unless the heir of slytherin wills it snake slytherin was not stupid snake animagus is not the same as parcel mouth would be huge flaw in scheme which is a good point mm-hmm. and it seems to imply that salazar invented parcel tongue um because he says that slytherin slytherin not stupid it's it's fun to read okay. this trying not to hiss it because the S's s- s- are all drawn out. <laughs> Snake animagus not same s- as parcel mouth would be huge flaw in scheme. Um Inyosh does this so awesome do like we... overlay with hisses <laughs> when he's doing these, so
1: it is I guess because then I already had it in my head that
2: Oh um, sorry so
1: Voldemort. Or, so is this is this all I guess like is our are we reading into this at this point that this is how we know that Quirrell is an heir of Slytherin, or is this an explanation of why he maybe is without needing to be an heir of Slytherin?
0: This is an explanation, Please. this is him saying that because the heir of Slytherin willed that he speak Parseltongue in snake form, that's why he can do it. Um, willed
1: that Quirrell speak Parseltongue? Yeah, because... Uh, I guess that's what I'm like, like What I'm like, like, what is the explanation here for why Quirrell speaks Parseltongue?
0: Uh, because the heir of Slytherin is talking to him while he's in a snake body?
1: Oh, the, oh it's so it's not that it's not that quarrel is a parcel tongue it's that harry is and quarrel is a snake
0: right and the oh, only I reason it. that it's working on a snake animagus like so like so presumably anyone who wants to can become a snake if you're an if you want to be an animagus but you can't run off and talk to every snake like a parcel tongue because the heir of slytherin didn't will it
1: because mm-hmm.
0: it would be a big flaw and you're like ooh, we can use the secret parcel tongue language um if any asshole could just turn into a <laughs> just snake, just a snake and yeah, and it. go go talk to snakes too, so which puts Harry's mind at ease about snakes being sentient because he's like, oh, okay, that makes it sound like that makes it sound much more like personal magic than uh, snakes being like sentient and having a learnable language. So,
1: and we can't spend the rest of the book worrying about yeah. sentient animals.
0: Yeah, which nicely puts it to rest. <laughs> and I've got to point out because I couldn't resist the temptation, so I went to the evil overlord checklist and Rule Thirty Four said, "Don't become a snake." And the link to it links to Jafar from Aladdin, who becomes okay. a snake at the end. All right. All right. All right. If you never crawled through I couldn't, TV drums, it's a lot of fun.
1: I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't off the top of my head name anybody that turns into a snake. Now you can. So there you go. All
0: right. So, um, <laughs> uh, he's, crawl Quor- says basically, um, i'm not registered and if you don't if you're not registered it's two years imprisonment which actually sounds really really severe i I forget what it was for poisoning people with uh transfigured poisons but i feel like it was five um Hmm. you think hey whatever i do in my own house is my own business man would be a fine enough defense like if i want to be a snake at home and not hurt anybody then fuck you guys but apparently no you have to tell the government or it's two full years in fucking torture (laughs) chamber so that's kind of intense um so then Kroll says, we'll come here next in a week. Bring your cloak and your inv- your uh, time turner. And he says, how do you know? And he says, you arrived in my first class while still in the other class. He struck down the student with pie, two memory balls. And he's like, never mind. Forgot. Stupid question. Forgot you were smart. He says, foolish thing to, <laughs> foolish thing to forget. Um, yeah. Anyway. We're, so they're,
1: so they're going to meet next week. And he doesn't know why. He doesn't know what they're going to do. And, Harry, and Harry's like, oh, I'm, I don't promise to do whatever the hell it is and he's like well of course no we'll talk about it then but so they're going to meet next week with the time turner and the invisibility cloak and uh quirrell has just decided that they're going to be able to game the whole time turner thing that it's okay if he's like a snake in the pocket then he'll be able to be time turned as well which sounds like pretty weak plot advancement
0: well i mean if you're if you're designing wards on harry potter's time turner would you really think to say, oh, he can't bring transfigured things in his, you know, space extending pouch? Like, that's that seems like a really. No, uh, it's,
1: it's magic. You don't have to bring your lawyer. <laughs> I think it's just the time Turner is and you can't bring anybody else with you is not unless they're turned into a snake. It's like, well, no, you just. So, yeah.
0: Well, interestingly, so when he um, when the uh, the waitress left the second time with their uh, or like brought their food back. And then he does the 29 charms instead of 30. Mm-hmm. It calls out that he left one out. And I'm assuming that's the one that says, is there an animagus in the room or something? Yeah. And so that's like, true. that is the sort of thing there is specific magic for. Um, but I think this is the sort of this again, kind of, it, it's hard to say what's going on specifically with magic and how it works and, and all that. But sometimes it seems like, yeah, you do have to bring your lawyer and say, no, actually you didn't say I couldn't do this. Um,
1: Anyway. This is actually kind of sort of, like, like irritating fan stuff for people. Like, nit, this is the nitpicky shit. I'm like, eh, don't worry about it. It's magic.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So, in any case, they've got a plan to apparently travel through time next week and uh, do something weird, which, uh, like,
1: it's... At least Harry we could has We probably also to apply to say, innuendo, too. Sorry, what? We could probably also apply innuendo, too.
0: Oh, yes, of course. To find out. Yeah, so, innuendo aside... Harry at least has the sense to say, like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring my stuff, but you, I'm not promising to do whatever this is. You haven't said what it is yet. And then um, the snake performed a shiver that Harry's mind translated as a severe glare. Of course not. We'll discuss specifics at next meeting. And I just think it's funny because, like, Harry's like, yeah, I'm playing ball, but, like, what the fuck are we doing? And he's like, well, I'll tell you next time, dude. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. And so,
1: oh, yeah. And so then he's like, no, you have to say it out loud um like promise picky promise um and that's kind of so it's almost like, like he only really did this so that they could have a conversation in parcel tongue um oh yeah because it, like that was the extra extra step of make sure nobody can hear what we're talking about is i to put on like the 30 different spells and then also we're only talking to each other in parcel tongue
0: yeah it certainly seems like I don't know. It, that is actually a good thing to call attention to, because why bother having this in Parseltongue? Quirrell yeah. says it's because he wants to test whether or not Harry's an Arab Slytherin, and if he is, then, then Quirrell will suddenly be able to speak Parseltongue. But, like, the... So, the room is already supposed to be super secure, mm-hmm. and the reason they're having this conversation about something unspecified is because uh, in Parseltongue is because he wants it to be extra secret. And yet the thing that they're having a secret conversation about, they haven't planned anything. They're, they yeah. haven't said anything. All they've done is say, I'm an animagus, and that's a crime. And by, like, so if someone were able to eavesdrop enough to hear what was going on in the room. They would
1: also have seen that he'd already, that the, it's not a secret that he's an animagus at that point. Yeah,
0: that's, that's kind of interesting. It's like, look, dude, if I can hear what's going on in there somehow through this yeah. magically worded room. Then I'll suddenly hear two snakes talking at each other. I think I can put this together. So, like, the crime that you're trying to hide by being a snake, you've just admitted to by being a snake.
1: Yeah, they didn't, because other other than that, it was just, like, bring your invisible cloak in the...
0: Oh, yeah, okay, that makes turner. sense. But that's not, like,
1: that's not a big enough secret to warrant all that. It, yeah. Especially but, since a bunch of other people know.
0: But it is saying, like, all right, let's, let's plant, like, basically saying bring you know, bring your shit, we're going to get up to some stuff, definitely mm-hmm. sounds like the kind of thing you would want to encrypt that message.
1: Yeah, although now, I'm wondering, now that we're saying all that, I'm wondering if uh, if more of the purpose of that was uh, some kind of manipulation of Harry.
0: That could so, be, I mean, yeah. it's Quirrell. That sounds like a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to, I wonder, this would be like, because going through this with you slowly, and we mentioned this with Cron and probably with Matt at some point too, and every time we take like time to look back at stuff, it seems like every time Quirrell talks to Harry, it's he's he's pushing or pulling him in some direction. Yeah, and it's like it seems obvious enough now in hindsight, but I don't know if it occurred to me that it seems like just about every time they, they do anything, um, it's,
1: yeah. So what would be the? Because he didn't really need he didn't need confirmation that he's a Parseltongue. Like that's not a big deal. Um, he did. Yeah, I don't know. He wanted to show. I don't know. I guess. He's got Harry yet, yet more keeping secrets or something, but like showing him that he's a animagus.
0: You know what? But it's way too late in the mm-hmm. book for this to be a great experiment for the whole thing. But we can start it now. At the bottom of our notes page, you should put like a things that confused me, and then put the chapter and like what it was. Uh, and we'll see how many of those get resolved.
1: All right. Because maybe Quirrell's actually Nagini.
0: Oh right, I always said it. I always, I always said it Nagini, <laughs> not Nagini. Oh yeah, because in the Fantastic Beasts not, and Where to Find Them, uh, Nagini or Nagini is actually uh, animagus, right?
1: Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, no. it was something. It was I a widely hated decision by people. Really?
0: Um, because, like, I think the whole thing was that yes, this is his. Like in the book, it was Voldemort's favorite snake that he made a horcrux, and that was it. Mm-hmm. In for some reason, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them too, which I haven't seen, but apparently they make. The snake, a uh, wait, was it in? Yeah, it must have been in that, or maybe it was. It doesn't, I think it was in that movie. I didn't even know there was a second one. Yep, they're making five.
1: A fantastic piece. Yeah, eh.
0: yeah. Eh. I mean, I guess I'm not sure how much Harry Potter is worth, but I'm assuming ten plus billions. So you got some time to throw away some stuff on some movies. Anyway, they sure. made they made the snake an animagus, and people didn't like that because it was like, wait, it's so like it was eating people in the books. So you're telling me that like this was a snake that. Or, like, this is a person that was eating people. Like, that makes it a lot grosser and weird. And um, It's
1: kind of it's just, it's like a werewolf.
0: Well, unless it's a, you know, you can change back and forth whenever you want. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, you know, werewolves eat people. Yeah, but not on purpose. And only when the moon's full. The bad ones
1: do. What was his name? Grayback?
0: Oh, well, sure, but he's an asshole.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. <coughs> N- Nijini was kind of an asshole. That's fair. It's Nijini, like Jif. <laughs> You,
0: you jit the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> <laughs> alright, so that is always my retort when someone says JIF, like, and I'm glad I remembered it because like I haven't hasn't come up in a while. Um my other thing is like, alright, you know what, we're gonna distracted, I was gonna belabor on gif versus gif, but I'll, <laughs> I'll just let it stand that gif is correct and you're wrong if you say jif and I won't I will not broke any argument. So Sure. Alright, sure. Great Whatever. thanks. Um yeah. for, for granting me that one. So basically yeah, they sit down and he's like, all right, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to having food. And then we get a line break. And then there's the really short section here at the end where um, basically, uh, well, I mean, you can summarize all you want. But the short version is, is that um, Harry's like, hey, you know, people are giving Hermione a really hard time. And it's bugging the hell out of me. What would you do? And, or if you have any suggestions for me to give her something. and Quirrell, I well, like Quirrell's, this. Quirrell's like,
1: well, I never really had friends. so I don't know why you're asking me. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's actually kind of sad. Like he had yeah. said, I didn't have any friends like that when I was young. Still the same emotionless voice. And then he says, uh, because then they're talking about, oh, you, you must care for her. That's how she brought you out of your dementation. And he says, like, yeah, more or less. And um, he says, I wonder what would have become of you if you were alone. And then he says, you must be feeling grateful to her, which Harry nodded. Not, not quite exact, but true. Then mm-hmm. here's what I might have done at your age if there had been anyone to do it for and it yeah, was kind of sad it was what
1: it was kind of sad like the way he puts that
0: yeah it, it's just it's it's like you know you don't get the feeling that quarrel is a sad person but that's a very sad thing to mm-hmm. say right yeah and like the christmas gift that he gave me said this will be the first christmas present i've ever given anybody and it's like dude yeah. you haven't had one friend
1: that sucks <laughs> i know yeah i wonder what like the backstory theoretically would have been for quarrel like who is this guy that he's grown up with like no friends and everybody and hates the world But is apparently also rich as fuck. Like, who the fuck is this guy?
0: Wait, why is he rich? Yeah. No.
1: Because he's like, he's saying he's like bribing people and.
0: Oh, yeah, and the expensive tea place that they always come to, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I'm
1: I'm guessing that that
0: taking the defense position at Hogwarts probably comes with a steep salary. I guess so. But I don't know if that gives you enough to blow, you know, $300 on lunch every time Mm. you go out, so.
1: I know, yeah, no, you just sort of get the impression like he's just always been that way, though, so...
0: That's a good point. He doesn't seem like someone new to, to money.
1: I know. I, think, I wonder if we'll get, like, an explanation, because like, it seems like there's... So Harry's got these big gaping blind spots for what he thinks about Quarrel, but, like, so does everybody else. Like, nobody's, like... D- are you not concerned by how ridiculously powerful this guy is? <laughs> like, there's all kinds of stuff that should be setting off alarm bells for everybody else.
0: It's it's kind of fun, because, like, the... the administration is set up to just kind of be ready for weird shit with the defense mm-hmm. professor. And so it's like, Oh yeah, the defense professor that's always throwing these errors. Like that's fine. There's always, there's always these, these <laughs> you know, Oh yeah. It, it just does that. So we just,
1: we just reboot that when that happens. Right. Yeah.
0: And so it's like, yeah, it, it breaks all the time. There's always weird shit going wrong with it. So we just, you know, we ignore just, all the stuff. We, we let it work for as long as it can.
1: These compiler the warnings, right? The defense professors just compiler warnings.
0: Yeah. Nonstop. So, um, like, so they, they see, like, okay, cool. Well, this this defense professor seems, like, unusually powerful and unusually dark. But, hey, he's also a really good teacher. So, great. we got a good teacher for once.
1: Keeps advocating murder. Right. Fascism.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually... I wonder what he would have to do to get fired. <laughs> I mean, presumably show his snake to a student.
1: That's what I was going to say. Oh, Apparently man, I'm sorry.
0: Beat you to it. I don't know.
1: You know, just, you know, some weird S and M party with his students.
0: The S and M stuff would get him fired because that's what got the last t- teacher fired. It mentioned. Um, oh yeah. But I, I honestly think that if Professor McGonagall learned that he was a snake and she'd be like, "Don't tell the fucking cops. Please stay here and teach." I know. <laughs> she just really wants the best for her students, and what they're getting is a well, is a stellar defense education.
1: Well, did he molest a lot of kids, God. or just a couple?
0: Oh man, is it? Uh
1: he's really good.
0: Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, before we pursue that yeah. line of thought any further, <laughs> I, will, I will wrangle us back into Chapter 50, Self-Centeredness, which sorry. is a great title because your summary is perfect. You just titled it Mean Girls.
1: Mean Girls. I guess it's just Mean Girl.
0: I mean, presumably she's bitching to some, su- you know, well, oh, she's yeah, being a bitch true. to other yeah, students, right? So, um, that so, so Padma Patil has been the root of the rumor farm around Hermione, you know, being a bad person. And mm-hmm. it's uh, her point of view. She's on her way back late from dinner and uh, she's ambushed in the hallways by like a disembodied voice slash ghost slash like, I don't know if what you're reading was.
1: Uh, I, what I, when I, I, and I tried to pull it up. I tried to, there was a Reddit thread I read some few days ago. The same question that gets asked like every couple of months is, um, you're able to speak for one minute, and everybody in the entire world would hear you, what do you say? And one of the joke responses of every time is somebody going into the speech of, bring me Harry Potter. Like the, uh, the Voldemort oh, speech. Oh, that would be hilarious.
0: Of, I haven't seen that. Uh,
1: <laughs> so that's what it reminded me of, was the same, like, you know, just speaking in everybody's head. So
0: what did you think when you're going through this? Did you guess that it was Harry right away, or did you guess that it was some, something uh, else, or...?
1: I no, I think yeah, I think I knew it was Harry before it was over because um, I believe, no, it's because the way because he was all he was all uh, mansplaining rationality at her. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I think for a little bit I was like, oh, maybe he got Draco to do it. I think, but that was like not a fully that was the only other thing I was entertaining, but it never quite panned out as a a workable idea. Yeah, but I think I I I can't remember. At some point here and there, I'm like, okay, only Harry would say these things. Yeah, that's where I was at. I can't remember at what point, obviously. I hadn't put together, though, because I'm like, oh, he probably really is in the other room. And I hadn't, because I'm, like, busy just reading what it said. I hadn't thought about, like, oh, he's doing time-turner tricks again. Um, So, yeah. But I think, yeah, because then part of me was thinking part of the the way through, like, okay, we've already been, uh, you know, having the intricate details of ventriloquism charms explained to us. So he probably is there with the invisibility cloak. So,
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. And it's it's a level of like, I don't know, being able to fuck with people that isn't the sort of thing I would have been able to generate in advance. But yeah, you take the ventriloquism charm, which they've been able to do already, and Mm -hmm. then being invisible. And it's like, dude, my voice can come from anywhere. And they'll have no idea where I am. Like, this isn't even where I have to hide and point my voice somewhere. I could just be standing three feet over there and just talk right behind her the whole time and just freak her out. Um mm-hmm. I feel like Fred and George really should have had inv- should have had invisibility cloaks.
1: <laughs> I think yeah, 'cause it's just like 'cause it's again like this overly detailed explanation is like of oh, a ventriloquism is only line of sight. Um I'm like, oh well that's too much information, so he must be in his invisibility <laughs> cloak.
0: Yeah, I think that was that was the big giveaway. Or like the yeah, that was what really tipped it to make it yeah. clear what was going on. And since we know that he can be invisible, it's like alright, boom, it's obviously Harry. And of course yeah. like everything he's saying yeah um so this is one of those and we can i don't know how much you want to pull out exactly like there isn't like a lot of content that i think is uh super noteworthy in this but the the short version and then tell me all the long stuff you want to cover is he basically comes in and tells padma um when she doesn't know who it is she suspects it's harry very strongly but then like her suspicions that it's harry go down and down as the conversation goes on and on
1: yeah
0: um like, basically, hey, look, you're being a nasty little shit, and you need to get your act together. Or you're, you know, bounding headfirst into a life of pitiful lameness. And, you know, all this, you know, bullying of specifically Hermione Granger gains you nothing. You're, you're not even being a clever Slytherin person. And it doesn't matter if you're sorted into Ravenclaw or not. You're acting like a stupid Slytherin. You're acting like Pansy Parkinson. Yeah. And get, basically, get your shit together and stop picking on Hermione is the thrust of his message here.
1: And... Yeah, it's sort of like, and as we're talking through this more, like it, because yeah, as and it goes on for, for a while, but it's it's sort of like, I, it's well spoken, but it's sort of like generic, hey, be a good guy speech. Um, and now that we're thinking it through more, it and in the way he acts after the fact, it does sort of like fit with the idea that he's just sort of like, uh, that he's in that weird, like, both asshole and nice guy mode um, and and I mean definitely like later like just kind of robotically going through this in a way that's clear like he just doesn't get humans um, the way he's doing this so it's like it's all like again it's like you know the things he's saying are solid but like it, then after the fact you can see like oh he doesn't really get this like he knows the words to say but he doesn't get it
0: yeah it's like this was clearly a, a heavily contrived way yeah. and it it's weird because, like, in his defense, it works. Like his his weird scheme of how to approach this works in a way that, like, saying, "Hey, Padma, you want to grab a cup of coffee? Like, let's talk this out." Um, I I don't think that would have worked, right? It, it yeah. seems like he had to like actually scare her and act like this, you know, this ghost or whatever knew more than it was supposed to, and really, I think he was just making educated guesses about her, yeah. and like, it's it's just a uh, I don't know. It, it's a very contrived, like, like you said. Um, well, yeah. And then
1: the way he, the way he acts. So then, so she, then she goes back to the con room and she sees that Harry is there, you know, teaching uh, to other kids, just the way, like the voice had said. Um, but then like, and then the way Harry acts, cause then like, Harry's like, oh, can I help you with anything? And it's basically just like, I want to be helping you because that's what nice people do. And because I'm also on the precipice and, um, but it's, it's like, he's like, he's, logically arrived at the conclusion that he needs to be nice now and then he like you know when he pulled down the manual to figure out what do humans do when they're being nice and then now he's doing his best imitation of it that they can <laughs> i think that's i think
0: yeah i totally see what you're saying and to be clear i actually really love what this does i was i yeah. it may sound like i was shitting on it i think it's hilarious i think it's a really fun scheme it's just yeah. like i'm i'm bummed cuz i i'm not bummed i i i am disappointed in the like uh i don't know failure to attempt to do this nicely um yeah but yeah it's very
1: manipulative like the whole thing yeah straight up
0: there he doesn't even try the like let's talk to her first approach but yeah it probably wouldn't have worked but still so like yeah so when she runs back to the common room and she sees harry there um like he had said no no i mean it can I help you with anything get you some food go fetch a soda or your homework or anything like that and she's like why and he says, "Cause some of us are standing on the precipice, and the difference is what you do for other people." Will you let me help you with something, Padma, please. And then she stared at him and knew in that moment that he'd gotten his own warning, same as her. And so clearly, there he's just putting on an yeah. act.
2: Yeah,
1: and I had like because he used the same phrase about I'm like, precipices. Oh, maybe he maybe he really did. And then who the hell was this talking? I'm like, oh no, it had to be him. So yeah, but even not like when she said that, I was confused for a second.
0: Yeah, it it I think. What am I trying to say? I think that was. Probably the intended way to like experience it, but yeah, like I said, once when, when you get back a chance to go look through it, and then of course when Harry admits to it later, you know that it was him, yeah. and then you know that his whole thing here, and like I said, specifically, it was standing on the precipice was the same yeah. line that the, the, the ghost words, used yeah. to describe Harry and her. Harry Potter also yeah, and that, on the and, and that I read is
1: like he said that like he ch- he chose those words on purpose as like a signal to her, like oh we, I know we both heard the same thing, right. Like that was him communicating that to her, but or I just yeah, got yeah the, the whole like this whole like really fits with like this idea that like there's like something has become unglued in Harry and he's like like that human thing he had started to figure out is just completely lost on him again.
0: <laughs> I mean, so what would you have done if your friend was Hermione and this one you know this one mean girl is making a burn book about her and running to all her friends and they were all shitting on your best friend?
1: Right, what would I mean? My temptation would just be to go like kick her fucking ass, but I don't know if that's probably not the best idea. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned that. some other kind of petty vengeance. I mean, because
0: uh... it occurred to me, I don't know what made it draw this time and not any of the other times that anyone's used a wand in the whole book, but mm-hmm. there was this line. It's like she put her like her shaking hand back in her pocket with her wand, and I'm like, it, for some reason, this this was the one time it dawned on me. That when she hears this voice, she turns around, whips her wand out and points it. And I it just it landed. And like every kid in this school is running around with a loaded gun. <laughs> like, of course, the administration is super tight on discipline and rules and and enforcing uh, strict guidelines on, on you know magic use in the hallways, because like she pulls out it's not a taser. It's not mm-hmm. a it's not a cell phone to call the administration. It, it it is kind of both of those things, whatever. But like, principally, it's like a weapon, mm-hmm. and every kid has one on them all the time. Of course, the administration's pulling their hair out on and how to keep all, these kids from killing each they're other.
1: And all hormone-driven and irresponsible, and they all think they're bulletproof.
0: The fact that it's been fifty years since someone died in this castle is astounding. It's true. You would and think it'd be like ten kids a year. Like, oh yeah, they got into a fight, and that one used I don't know, whatever the shoving charm, and smacked that kid's head mm-hmm. into a wall, and he died. Like, I don't know, I guess, you know, there's magical healing and you'd have to like actually kill them on the spot before the, you know, the, poli- the, the police, the police, uh, the, the school administration showed up and whisked them off to the hospital. But I don't know. It just occurred to me like how insanely dangerous this, this whole setup is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have anything so, really to add to that other than the fact that it, it. it was just sort of a realization I had for some stupid reason this belated in the story. Mm-hmm. um
1: and then it was, so then it was weird so like he starts to help her with her homework and then at this i think it's just like a one paragraph description that like and then they like stayed up all, not that they like stayed up all night but the, like they spent hours and hours talking and it sounds like oh, they like became all bffs and she didn't even get her homework done because they were talking so much like they just became best buds um that whole thing seemed weird Especially for, some, like, how stilted Harry is, like, for him to, like, come out of that and have had this, like, long, meaningful conversation with Padma. I'm like, wait, what?
0: That's what makes this whole thing with Hermione and Ron earlier, like, seem so out of character. Because, yeah. like, this is where Harry's been at for at least a little while, where it's like, oh, yeah, let me help you, like, let's actually talk and we can, you know, uh, for however many hours it was. And, it yeah. like, presumably he didn't, you know, talk Ron at her at all. And, and put her down, you know? Um, yeah.
1: Except, yeah, but it's all, it's, but it was all a manipulation. He wasn't doing it to... I mean, he was, yes, really being nice, but not out of any desire to be nice. Like, only for the effect that being nice would have.
0: It, it seems like he... Well...
1: Uh, like, I, it was this very goal-oriented activity.
0: Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so his niceness... No, is it wasn't
1: it like he like was... It wasn't, like, manipulative in that he was trying to get her to do something, but it wasn't like it was... There weren't the ulterior motives are exactly what we know them to be. yeah, there were I mean there, he was definitely trying to be nice to her and in a way that would be good for her after the fact, but his reasons for it were all very like robotic,
0: yeah, okay. I hear what you're saying. and it's it's um he's not being nice for the sake of being nice. He's being nice yeah. because it serves as a goal of a redeeming somebody, which I guess makes the world a better place. Yeah. but also particular specifically uh, helping Hermione Granger.
1: Yeah. And, so, and he doesn't actually, like, he doesn't care about Padma at all. Yeah. I mean, he is, like, you know, sincerely trying to be nice. He's not, you know, but, like, none of this is, a, he's not being nice to her because he cares about her at all.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess we don't get that confirmed or denied, but it seems like that might be the case. I don't yeah. know. Um,
1: yeah. It's, I mean, it's not malicious, but it's also, I mean, it's robotic.
0: Yeah. Like, on the one hand, I don't know whenever you're nice it's it's instrumental towards some end right like even if the end is only because it makes you not makes you feel good to be nice um this is more calculated than that though right like yeah it's the difference between i don't know going up to the barista at starbucks and ordering your coffee like an asshole and then Mm -hmm. refusing to engage in like how's your day and you're like you know you just say venti black you know like that that's a rude way to do it but the nice way to do it like oh you know pretty good how are you doing okay oh. great yeah it's like this and you know have an exchange and then that's instrumental niceness and in that it makes you feel good for having done that and it doesn't you know you're going to get the coffee either way but um it that that's like less uh coldly calculating than i'm going yeah. to be nice to redeem uh and you know help this person to help my friend out um
1: And he's really only doing it to try to get her to do, to behave differently towards Hermione.
0: Yeah. And if it has the collateral damage of making her a better person, then well, so much for that, right? Yeah. Of course he opted for the way that did that. So as we get towards the, the end of this, um, I guess it's important. There's this, you know, line break after that. Well, there's nice little, uh, (laughs) it's just kind of a a standout sentence Um, at nine o'clock. When Harry said he had to go, presumably to go time turn and go fuck with her, which is kind of funny, um, the essay was only half done. And when Harry paused looked, and looked at her on the way out, and he said that he thought she was worthy of Slytherin and made her feel good for a whole minute before she realized just what had been said to her and who had said it. <laughs> and I, I get the feeling that's it's actually a genuine compliment. I think Harry sees the virtue of Slytherin yeah. and, and meant that. And it's just, uh, but to her, you know, she just had kind of the ghost explain that, like, by the way, you know, you're acting like all those dumb Slytherin people. Not the cool Slytherin people, you're acting like the dumb ones. Um, but then Harry kind of turns that around a little bit and says, no, I think you're worthy of Salazar, uh, of his house. Although in
1: in his brain, has is he saying that before everything he already said to her? Like, is that his? I mean, so this is... Because he's, he's going to leave here and then time turn himself and do everything that he was about to do to... Yeah,
0: to I think that... He knew what he was so going to like, say to her. He knew he was, he was going to say, but he
1: saw, he's like calling back to a thing that for himself, he hasn't actually said yet.
0: Right. It but yeah, it. time travel. Um, so Padma gets down to breakfast the next morning and she's going to go apologize to Hermione. And then before she can, Hermione says, I'm sorry. And there's the, what? Said Padma. Yeah, she's like, wait, what? That was, that was yeah. her line. And she says, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't ask her to do that. And I was angry with him when I found out and I made him promise not to do it to anyone again. And I'm not going to talk to him for a week. And, I, and I'm really, really sorry, Miss Patil. And.
1: And is that actually. So is that how Padma figures out that that it was Harry that said all that stuff? Or did he cop to that immediately? Now I'm kind of lost on that.
0: So I, I don't think he ever admits, like, yes, it was me, because that would be admitting the use of the time turner. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, no, because Padma just thinks that, like, oh, there was some ghost.
0: Right. So I think what the school ends up believing is that Harry sicked a ghost on her. Yeah. And so. Like he he does admit to being at fault, but not that like, yes, I did it and here's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um it it's a bummer, like
1: uh Oh yeah, and this should have gotten him in trouble with McGonagall again for fucking around with the time turner. McGonagall would have seen through it, She'd be like, No, fuck you, you did something with the time turner.
0: Yeah, right. Like she's like I think uh I guess he lucked out that maybe it didn't get to her or something. This yeah, was yeah. maybe not that big of an incident. Um, certainly wasn't as public as like the the Rememberall or something, but um, man you know other than it being a massive inconvenience like I'm trying to think of like the next level of restriction for his time turner would be like alright give it to me like pr- like Professor McGonigal will have to hold it for him and like <laughs> I'll meet you every day at my office at 9pm and you'll get your two hours and that means I have to be in my office every day at 7pm and at 9pm just for your dumbass um, <laughs> I-, I wonder if they'd just tell him like fuck it be tired <laughs> like, <laughs> you-, you had your chance to, to work this out
2: um,
1: actually having said that i mean that, that if they were going to get all anal about it that would be what you do because you could even have like there'd be like time turner duty and, like the teachers would have to like rotate through be, like pager duty yeah pager duty Who's, Besides, whose turn is it to put yeah harry babysit potter harry potter
0: i think that's that's kind of like the thing is like it is sort of a, a responsibility that they'd have to impose on a schedule for every you know yeah. whoever wanted to be involved and that just sounds like a lot of work to do for one kid but i guess the kid is harry potter so um the i don't know the, the conversation ends with Padma here and Hermione before Padma can actually like give her own apology. Um, I think it happens off screen. Uh, yeah. Like in the fight that Harry and Hermione have here, um, which apparently is before that in breakfast. No, wait, so that can't be, I don't know. when. I think it's after. now it's after. It actually says earlier. I told you to oh, be right, nicer, okay. to treat Hermione. Yeah. So, um, which I like this because. Oh, because that's how
1: she found, that's how she knew to apologize to Padma.
0: Right. And he says, "But, but I, but I was nice. I practically redeemed <laughs> her. And She was going down the wrong path, and I turned her off of it. I probably changed her whole life to be happier." And it's like, "Okay, that's your version of nice." Like yeah. you said, and um, this is totally
1: like this is the way he used to talk.
0: Yeah, it's right. true. Yeah. It's it sucks because like it seems like he knows how to be nice by now, and he, yeah. I, it's the the shift backwards in his personality isn't um, quite jumping out like as far as like oh, and here's why. I I do like what he says. Besides, you should have heard the original version of what Professor Quirrell suggested I do. (laughs) And then she's just like, she says, Hermione clutched at her chestnut curls, a gesture which Harry had never seen from her before. What did he say to do? Kill her? And (laughs) I I like that for two reasons. One, I'm pretty sure Hermione clutched at her chestnut curls all the time in the canon books.
1: Is that a thing? I think so. so.
0: Like that was her angry gesture. And B, it's funny because like, she just assumes that Quirrell's advice is like, Oh, you know, hey Quirrell, I've got this problem. This this student, key's giving my best friend a lot of trouble. Oh, you know what you should do, Mister Potter? Fucking kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Killer. That that that's what she thinks Quirrell said. But granted, she's angry. She's not, you know, that's not her
1: her thought out thing. That's, but you know, I that wouldn't be beyond Quirrell. To I think have said that. So
0: I think that Quirrell saying go murder a student is just past where Quirrell has drawn the line he so might. far. It would
1: be more like, well, because you probably, but it would be because he probably wouldn't get away with it. That would be why Quirrell wouldn't. Well,
0: here's what you do. You obliviate her entire life. And yeah, it'd be something, I think uh, a little more nuanced than, I don't know, drop a brick on her. Right. Um, although that would work. You could, make it, you could even make it look like an accident. All right. No one killing anyone in Hogwarts. They probably have ways <laughs> of detecting whether or not bricks. Actually they do. They've got time turners. Right. So I was thinking okay. if Harry stood up like, you know, seven floors out of the building, wait for uh, Padma to walk by uh, an open window and just dropped a brick. Well, first he of all, be standing the,
1: right next door with a time turner as an alibi.
0: Well, he could do that. But I'm thinking like, you know, somebody will go back in time and look and see where the brick came from. And let's no. admit it. The castle isn't falling apart. Bricks don't just fall. So that would never work. OK, here's what you do. Mm. You polyjuice a uh, I was going to make up some convoluted plan involving like you five look, different you animals. Let out the but, basilisk. Yeah. The bat, let, the, let the snake do it. Yeah, perfect. There you go. So, yes. That was why Salazar's... Oh, my God. That's it. Basilisk
1: is a lizard, isn't it? It's At a least snake. in Dungeon and Dragon's world, Oh yeah, Basilisk was a lizard. And I think it is in Dark Souls, too. Yeah I, th- yeah. I think it's only, like, Harry Potter that turned Basilisk into a lizard just for the sake of parcel-mouthing.
0: It's some reptile, but yeah. Or I'll, know it, yeah. I'll take a word for it. The snake. Um, that, that's really why Salazar made the Basilisk, was to get rid of people that annoyed you. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you want to you want a way to kill someone under, under mysterious circumstances? Go talk to my go talk to them, my pet snake. Okay, back on track. All right, and uh, so basically, Quirrell's plan was like to say, "Hey, get control of the entire Hogwarts rumor mill by getting leverage over the inf- influential students." And it's
1: sort of kind of like non-specific advice. It is it's very it's, broad strokes. Yeah
0: maybe he had more details or something, but he did say it was a generally useful and amusing challenge for any true Slytherin. And so it's like, maybe he didn't want to give him specifics. Like he was just like, work it out. Um, mm. In any case. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I decided the best possible con the best uh, course of action would be to do the nice version and just inform Padma directly about the meaning of what she was doing. And instead of trying to threaten her or anything like that, and you call that not threatening her. She said, you know, she screamed, pulling out her hair and, um, and, uh, I guess she might've felt a little threatened <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's,
1: of course, like all doing like a huge ruse and no actual sincerity behind anything, but
0: yeah, it, it's yeah. tough. Cause like he, his motivations here are, you know, motivated by friendship. He just doesn't know how to like direct, how to solve this problem.
1: Yeah. Well, and they're like full of justifications and yeah, stuff that works on paper, but
0: yeah, I think it's just, well, actually uh, Flitwick points it out to him which is he doesn't know how to relate yeah. to his peers right
1: yeah um, that's it, I, there were these two things towards the end where I think again where we can tell like this is we are supposed to think this what's going on because because uh, what if Flitwick like gave him detention or something
2: as, yeah I think got, yeah, and Harry's
1: like okay I, I give you permission to punish me because I agree with you <laughs> um, but uh, and then he what was it I, I pulled the quote I pulled but I can't remember what Harry had asked in order to get him to say, like, uh, I guess he's like, oh, what should I have done instead or something? Oh, I'll, specific, I'll,
0: but, I'll get to that, but we moved past a funny line. Oh, is that? Um, and you pulled out the beginning. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, oh, yeah, she's so, like, yeah, so Hermione says to, uh, she says to Harry, he's like, oh, you know, um, Ron's right, uh, Quirrell is, like, dragging you to the dark side, and one of these times you're going to go on one of your lunch sex romps and... Uh, you're just not gonna. You're only your dark side is gonna come back, or you're not gonna come back at all. Um, she didn't say the thing about sex romps. Um, and Harry's line is, "I promise you that I will come back from lunch," which I think was again just a weird little. That was you did read that too as like on purpose as a weird thing to say, right? Yeah, like an, well, I think uh, like a and, funny thing to say,
0: and it was delivered I think intentionally to be funny because then. Uh, in his head after she leaves, like in his in his own head, he's thinking, way to invoke the laws of dramatic irony. Oh, that's right. Observed Harry's internal critic. Now you're going to die this Saturday and your last words will be, I'm sorry, Hermione. And she'll always regret that the last thing she did was slam the door. Like this is the same rambly voice that painted <laughs> that image of like the person dying when Harry, when Harry was trying to explain to McGonagall why he wanted the mm. emergency kit. It's just like the same, like, all right, worst case scenario generator. Boom. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So... Yes. Then when uh, Professor Kroll asked Harry if he's responsible, Harry had said yes. So again, not saying I did it, just that he's responsible. And uh, Flitwick said he was supposed to serve two days' detention. And then Harry said that he understood why Professor, why Professor Flitwick had to do that, and he wouldn't protest. Like you said, I will let you punish me. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering that it did seem to have turned Padma around, did Professor Qu- Flitwick really think, off the record, that he'd done something wrong?
1: Yeah, and so then he said, it says, professor Flitwick paused, seeming to actually think about it, and then said to Harry in a solemnly, solemnly squeaky voice, that he needed to learn how to relate to other students the normal way. Um, and I think like we're getting these like little confirmations that like okay, there's some, something's off with Harry, um, and that yes, all this stuff that looks totally abnormal is in fact abnormal. Right. Um, And then a little after that, so then Hermione, because so Hermione has decided her punishment for Harry is that she's not going to speak to him for a week, which I also thought was interesting that she had decided that not only did it have to be that I think it would like to set boundaries with Harry, but also uh, she wanted the whole school to know that that's what she was doing uh, because she's also it was like reputation management Um, and also to let people like know that like, no, she's not cool with like vengeance being taken out in her name. Right, um, but so then Harry's like finally having to sort of like he's now living with the consequences of the fact that um, that Hermione's not going to speak to him all week, and so he's like going back to studying. Um, and so what Harry says, and I think this is like one of the last couple lines of the chapter. Um, it hurt more than Harry had expected going back to studying by himself. Like his brain had already started to forget its long honed skill of being alone. Um, so I thought that was like sort of like bringing it home that like there's like Harry has you know backslid um and that these were like really like he was he was just not good at being a human before and he's kind of sliding back into that and that he like really does feel like the the cost of those things like his like super logical um you know superhuman grandiose uh ways of dealing with people before were like not good for him and didn't make him happy and now he's sort of like sliding back into that
0: yeah no, I, I I agree and it, it also just kinda of ends up like on a sad note, like yeah. Alright, he done fucked up. Like he tried yeah. to do the right thing, but because he can't relate to people, he did it really, really badly and it's now he's gotta, you know, sit by himself for a week and it yeah. um it's uh it it's sort of like a sombre note. There was actually a line when you when you pulled out that fluid quote, um, where he says you need to learn how to relate to students the normal way the next the next line is its own paragraph and it says and Harry couldn't help but think that this advice, or this was advice that Professor Quirrell uh, yeah. would never give him. And, yeah. man, does that seem to imply that, like, yeah, man, that's because you're not relating to your peers correctly. And who's enforcing that? Like, Quirrell is. Yeah. And who's not enforcing that? Like, Hermione, McGonagall, Flitwick, all, like, the cool people, all of the good people, right? Yeah. Um, it's...
1: yeah, that helps, like, keep Harry isolated.
0: Oh, man, you're right. Or he can,
1: like, steer him into, just like, this antisocial behavior.
0: I, that, yeah, I didn't finish connecting those dots, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, Yeah, yeah. it's
1: interesting because like we don't, so I mean, definitely as as we've been talking through it, like, so there's definitely been some shift that Harry's changed for the worst, um, but I don't think we've gotten any indication of where, so like definitely something is going on, but we don't have any indication at all of where this is going or what's causing it. But it's not just some like natural, you know, just, shift in his personality like something's triggered this because it's pronounced
0: yeah we'll have to keep our eyes on it
1: yeah.
0: and we can keep our eyes on it while reading the next three chapters
1: that was a solid segue you're getting really good at this
0: was that sarcasm yes oh damn it
1: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i didn't feel like it felt that good but man maybe it landed all right well suspicions confirmed that was a shitty segue but um we are going to come chapters 51 52 and 53 for the next uh reading um they're not that long but i think they're they're kind of uh plot dense and more importantly uh it's part of a like 12 chapter thing that i'm not sure how to break up so hmm. um it's it this is a i i don't know why i feel like the need to defend my decision making that's what <laughs> we're doing and that's final 51 52 and 53 but i
1: think like it's suck it up
0: yes um or you can jump on the doof discord and tell me how much i suck for doing it this way and you can do that by supporting uh, Doof on Patreon at patreoncom media. Now that was one cost, hell of a, That was that one was, hell of a segue. That was,
1: that was solid. It only costs one dollar, and that's a good selling point. That you know, for a dollar, you can insult me and Stephen.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's a great way to uh, reach out. Tell me that. Um, you know, if you have something nice to say, I'd like that too. But if it, I think, yeah, cost you a buck. Tell me I suck at this. That'd be great. So um, perfect. And with that, Oh, I do have one other piece of doof related news. Um, because I think people are at home during quarantine and stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of activity on the doof Twitch channel, which I don't think is Patreon exclusive, but it's definitely easy to find when people are on because of that, because they post it in the games channel on their discord and you can subscribe to be pinged. It's not like, it doesn't go out to everybody unless you sign up and say, put me on this list. Um, but I'm pinged starts whenever anyone starts playing and it's awesome. Uh, there's been just a lot of fun. Uh, like it depends on what I'm doing at work, but sometimes there's time to watch video games in the background and watch Scott playing through. Uh, it was let's see, Resident Evil two or three, the remake um, last week, and this week he's doing Final Fantasy seven remake. Uh, um, Elliot's gonna be playing through Hollow Knight, which is the game that they're playing for uh oh, yeah. the, uh the game club that awesome podcast that they're starting. So. Everyone should be checking that stuff out. So,
1: they've done the first one, haven't they? The first they Game Club, that? yeah. No, the Hollow Knight. Uh,
0: oh, the first uh, streaming of UV- you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's I think they're if you go to uh, I think it's just Twitch slash, slash Doof Media. But I, um, like I said, it's easier to find through the Discord if you want. But um, it does save like the last months worth of videos. I didn't watch. I, I watch almost none of these live. Like I think I caught one or two of them live. But most of the time, I'll see them the next day and have a chance to jump on at some point throughout the workday and watch what I'm doing or watch what's going on, so.
2: Cute.
0: Anyway, that's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We'll see you next week. everybody.